0: I think I fucked up.
1: How, why, when, where?
2: Brian, you know the story. Which?
1: So in the past.
2: Which one? So. The bedroom? The living room story? The kitchen? The hostel story? Uh, No, not the hostel. Never The bathroom floor? Never the hostel story.
0: (laughs) Um, Okay, so. It wasn't you? I wanted to do. I wanted to do a, a nice thing for a fellow human being. And it went south
2: course it did, john you're not good at humanity
0: oh uh, i there's a there's
2: there's a very kind person who runs the post room here she's not working there anymore i know <laughs> but she's not working there because it's one of those jobs you do for a year and then you do a different job
0: i hope so and it's, i'm it's, sad about how this all went
2: now it's a very tough job
0: yeah i bet and she was always so like sunny and happy and like you know the way at half time you go into that room and the people there are just like, no, oh, for fuck's sake. And which I would be totally one of those people. So no hate. Oh yeah. But this person is always like, oh, hey, John, here's your packages. And she always has them like neatly stacked and ready to go. And she's just cool. She's just really nice. she I got a big package from YouTube once and she was like, are you a YouTuber? And I was oh. like, Yeah and then she was like what's the name of your channel and i gave her a made up channel name <laughs> oh did you <laughs> yep. it's private I, I just i just i just i just couldn't i was just like no
1: <laughs> that seems weirder because when she goes to search for it i think like, i called it did like, you lie
0: to me i think i called it like mark's games or something i don't know <laughs> but <laughs> your name <laughs> is john it's on the post <laughs> <God>. <laughs> i'm more uh what's a non uh, anyway professor anime. but um <laughs> Okay, so my living situation. I live with my partner Michelle, as most of you know. But we have an odd situation in that I moved into the pad, that apartment, just under my name, and that way I thought if me and Michelle ever break up, it'd be super easy to get her out of there. That isn't true. That's really no, not, it was no. for work. That was stuff. just a really mean joke. Yeah, really, really mean. Um, I've, which I've made to her several times. <laughs> um, I went down to the mail room with a box of chocolates. Because this girl always does such a good job with my mail all year. And I wanted to just get her something nice at Christmas. And I was like, hey, you know, how's it going? And um, just is just to say thank you for, you know, all the stuff with the, with the post. And she's really happy and she gets really excited. And I'm kind of talking to her. And at some point, the conversation kind of stops making sense to me. And I'm like, what? Because like, are you are you ever on autopilot with a conversation? You know exactly how it's going to go and exactly what you're going to say. But then at some point, the conversation veers left, and you kind of lose the run of it
2: a little. You were hit with a difficult question, yeah. and you fumble.
0: Yeah, and she and so I kind of snap back into it, and she's like, "So like, are you going to be around over Christmas or <gasps> mm-hmm. no? Yep. Oh,
2: <laughs> are you John?
0: I was like no (laughs) these are platonic chocolates i I am going to my parents and
2: then i turned around and walked away so the day before i went down to give her chocolate i got her brazilian chocolate because she's from brazil
1: you got her chocolate as well
2: yeah and i said on behalf of rebecca and i here's some chocolate she said thank you so much i hope you and rebecca have a great christmas i said same to you Insert name. I don't want to say her name.
0: But yeah, you see, I couldn't do that because Michelle
2: is not registered to the apartment. Michelle has never been in the mail world. Whereas John is potentially single and ready. A suitor, perhaps. I mean... To be courted. Okay,
1: well, now the fact that someone else has given her chocolate, it seems common enough that she gets gifts. Oh, yeah, no, she does. this seems like a presumption completely on
0: her. It also could be me misreading the situation. It was one of those very it was over. And then I was like, what the fuck was that? And like, I was kind of going in the lift back up to my apartment. I was like, what, what just happened? And then I explained the situation to Michelle and she did that thing. Well, no one else knows cause no one else knows where, where like, she'll stop working and kind of turn around and just look <laughs> at me. And I sort of collapsed into like a shame cube, you know, that kind of shape.
2: Yeah. I know what the shape is good yeah. shape.
1: I've seen you being flirted with before and you had no idea.
2: I never, genuinely never have any clue. So there was one I wasn't there for, but I was at the aftermath when you came back from the sushi restaurant and the guy got you to Diet Coke.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. He was, I was queuing for a, I was queuing for some sushi and this guy in front of, they, they, it, there was like a deal where the guy, you got a free Coke with your, with your meal. He was like, oh, I don't want this. And then he turns around and he just goes, can I give it to this guy? (laughs) Like to the sushi people. And the sushi people were like, yeah, I guess. And he was like, okay, because this guy is beautiful. (laughs) And I was like, oh, thanks, man. And I was like, well, that was weird. And I only cupped that. When I went outside because I was getting sushi with your girlfriend, one of our friends Brian, yes. and they were both laughing at me, and that's when I caught something weird had happened. <laughs> when when was it? The time around uni.
1: Um, God, it was a long time ago. But a girl was flirting her whole off, and I was just like, <laughs> "Girl, <laughs> calm it down." Um, I'll tell you off the podcast. Okay, maybe. <laughs> sounds good.
2: Yeah. So John either gets hit on or hit ash because mm. it, what's hit up. You get someone antagonizing you or else you get someone that infatuated is, with you. That is true. It's either yeah. violence or love. But it's very passionate either way.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. I came so close to getting in a fight recently. It's... It Why? would have been fucking... Do you know the worst part? I think it was my fault. <laughs> I was in a queue downstairs and basically... Brian, you know the shop downstairs from us?
2: Yeah, it's, a, you know it's the a very frustrating it's shop. It's the
0: worst fucking shop. You know the way that shop is like... It goes in a U. Yes. Yeah, so you go down by the fridges. There was a person... There are arrows
2: on the floor to tell you which way to walk. Yeah,
0: There was a person queuing, but facing 180 degrees away from the counter in the other hallway. Yes. And this dude was fucking huge as well. He was a really big guy, and so I kind of looked at him, and he was looking at the fridge, picking out things... And I was like, okay, I'm I'm pretty definite he's not queuing. And so I just walked past him, walked around, and then walked into the queue, and then I was here, uh, excuse me. And I turned around and I was like, There's no fucking way you were queuing.
2: That's the worst queuing attempt ever.
0: And he was like, No, 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 the fuck. And I was like, There's no way you were queuing. And I was like, you were com- like you were facing the opposite, you were looking at the fridge, you were picking things from the fridge. And it got so escalated so quickly. Like, to the point that I was like, I'm going to have to fight this large man in this shop. Because, like, I'm like, in his defense, we were both being fucking idiots. Because if I had any sense, who gives a shit? Like, it was a little bit ambiguous, who cares? But there was some fucking stupid thing in me where I was like, no, no, he fucked up. He queued wrong. And now we're going to kick the shit out of each other and destroy (laughs) this shop. And then it pissed me off so much because the guy in front of me in the queue turns around and he goes, I think he was queuing. And it was like, (laughs) he might have queuing but he was doing it incorrectly. And it was just like, we were both shouting and I felt genuinely awful after it because I felt like I should not be getting into these situations. This was foolish on my behalf.
1: Do you think COVID has given everyone a shorter trigger, or shorter fuse? Well,
0: I know it has me! Welcome to the Let's Fight a Boss video game podcast, the world's strongest video game podcast, I am sitting here with two of the greatest collectors of our age. To my left, his wall lined with silver and gold. Master of diamonds. He's known as the Shimmer. It's Brian.
2: My skin is made of wall scroll.
0: And to my right, a collector of human souls it's the nether one it's neve
1: i put them in (laughs) androids
0: and with you always i am your host the nameless king (laughs) it's mark games (laughs)
2: Uh, it's mark games a real youtube challenge you mind if i uh it it has to be yeah i
1: bet he's like a video game reseller or something like that
2: Mark games. YouTube. I think I said
0: Mark's games earlier. today
2: Oh, so it's like, hey, we're on the Mark with your boy John.
0: Hey, I'm Mark, and these are my games. He'd say stuff like that. You'd watch Mark games. There's <laughs> yeah. like
2: multiple variations of the word Mark and game.
0: This is a real Professor Anime Russell Talk
2: situation. <laughs> All the good names are taken.
1: hmm mm-hmm. Like Marx games.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all the real killers.
0: Um, guys, what say we start off with the big one? We all watched Matrix Resurrections. Yes, we did. Um, I would it be fair to say that Brian is the biggest Matrix fan among us?
1: I think so. He talks about it the most. Yeah, for I, sure.
2: I think about the Matrix lore every two days.
1: Uh, yeah. Then yes. For sure.
2: <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't think about every. Uh, See, I shower every two days and that's when I think about The Matrix.
1: You think about The Matrix in the shower?
0: Oh, yeah. Okay.
2: What do you think about in the shower? And
1: <laughs> not, the, not The Matrix. Um, well, I put dye in my hair and often it's very red afterwards.
0: And I was just like, it looks like a murder happened to me. One time I split the back of my head open and I took a shower later that day and all the blood washed out of my hair. And I was like, it's like blood. And then I was like, oh. <gasps> <laughs>
2: Do we do a spoiler mark content thing for the Matrix Resurrection? I kind of
0: have to believe that everyone who cares about the Matrix Resurrections has seen it at okay, this point. Yeah, you know, Probably, fuck yeah. it. Yeah.
2: If, if you're angry in the comments about being spoiled about the Matrix Resurrections, look, dude, it's mid-January. It's too late. The Matrix happened.
0: I would also say this is a very difficult movie to meaningfully spoil.
2: I, I I completely understood it. I've watched this film three times.
1: You've seen it three times? I love it okay
2: i think it's one of my favorite films ever made
1: wow. can
0: i just say i love brian's love of this movie
1: that's so funny so
0: how do you feel about it well I, we can get to that <laughs> oh,
2: <okay. laughs> so we uh went to see in the cinema because for years i've been wanting to see the matrix four because it's been like teased and been in development hell and it's been one of those like like promises that john made that he would go see the fourth matrix movie with me in the cinema and we arrive at the cinema fully dressed like runners in our, like we're wearing I was actually suits. kind of
0: like renegade agent, Brian.
2: That was my character. We're wearing three-piece suits uh, with ties. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can find that picture of us on Instagram? Yes, yeah, you can find it on social medias. Okay. Um, but I look around and there's other boys, but they're all on their own. So I'm the only one there with a date. Mm-hmm. And they were so jealous. We were, the, we were the
0: handsomest couple there
2: by a long shot. Uh, I also had my figurines of the Matrix Twins from Matrix Reloaded. I brought them to the cinema Aww, with me. That's but, cute, right? But then I was worried I was going to lose them, so I put them back in my pocket. Okay, fair enough. We went to see it in 4DX, which at the time was a good idea. And post-movie, I think it was an even better idea.
0: So we had also just both gotten our third booster shots and were...
2: Were fucked. <laughs>
0: we were wilting we were wilting hard that third booster knocked me on my ass and i would say maybe for that reason and perhaps many others i would would not have done the 4d experience again
1: what is the 4d experience i've never seen (laughs) anything in 4d so
2: when there's fights the chairs lift up off the ground a tiny bit and shake and sway if there's an explosion they'll rattle if there's bullet shots they blast this was the one air that killed me. behind so your you, head. It, it's
0: like someone standing behind your cinema seat, and every time a gunshot goes off, someone goes...
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's also another one where if someone falls in a puddle, there's like a, a pump that kind of blows air at behind your shins, I guess. Okay. On the back and of your, on there your, on was your heels. There a
0: button that we both looked at at the start that said water on, water off. Oh, okay. we just turned water. And there's also this thing where if someone falls on their back, Something just rams into the back of your chair. So it goes like...
2: (laughs) Also, there was lights in the screen room. And we were like, where are the lights? Because whenever there was like an explosion or something, the room would light up for like a half a second. Yeah. Um, really, really brought you into the world of, of The Matrix <laughs> Resurrection. Yeah, it
0: fucking sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I hated every second of the 4D things. Did um, you turn it off on your chair? No, <laughs> there, no me, there's Just the no water to turn it off. <laughs> okay. I,
2: I, like, it was so fun to like drink any popcorn, but you're worried it's going
0: to spill everywhere. And again, me and Brian are wearing our nice suits. And um, I had a great time. I, you really did, Brian, and I'm so happy you did yeah the the 4d experience i think i'm too old for it i maybe there's a point where i would have thought this was rad but like neve it's really whipping you around like you're you're not getting like a gentle nudging like it's like
1: i don't like the blast of air thing that sounds (laughs) awful
0: every time there was a gunshot so good there's a lot of gunshots in that movie
1: was there any nice things like say if something romantic happening there was maybe a whiff of like floral perfume or something like that a little
0: man (laughs) runs up and gives you a kiss (laughs) (laughs) it's really hot (laughs) because he's a really handsome dude he's like five foot nothing he comes up and he kind of stands below your seat and even he jumps up and he goes (laughs) (laughs) okay
2: (laughs) oh i was so happy with that experience i i was i could not eat my popcorn I, I really enjoyed this film and I loved it thematically. I, my one gripe with it is that as an action movie, it's fairly weak, but I thought as a sci fi transcending romance experience, it ticked all the boxes.
1: Yeah, I kind of, when I finished watching it, I was just like, well, that was like the most romantic thing I've seen in a very long time. They really
2: love each other. They really love each other.
1: And I thought that was a really nice way for that, like, for Matrix to kind of go. It reminded me a lot uh, of the final Evangelion movie. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah, there's... there's, there's yeah, a,
0: love wins. Both are very messy movies.
1: Both are messy movies and it feels like a creator trying to like wrangle this thing that has become such a cultural phenomenon and kind of bring it back to a personal story where it maybe began, you yeah. know, because this is this was their baby. Yeah. Cause, then, cause, yeah,
2: because it's just directed by Lana and not Lily. Because yeah. Lily has moved to like indie television and Lana was the one who did it for the Hollywood machine. And like,
0: she, she nearly did it in spite of the Hollywood machine, yeah. though, didn't she? And like, like she was like, okay, if you guys are gonna make shit out of this,
2: and and like it's not performing well at the box office, but that's a good thing because that means there's no Matrix Five, and this is like
0: it. This sure did not feel like a movie that was concerned with performing well at a box office. No. no.
1: And like I thought that was like really ballsy of it because this like there's a bit in the, I guess just to start off with the conceit of this, it's it starts off with Neo um is now a game developer and his uh (laughs) the matrix is a trilogy of games he created do
0: you Um, get it and
1: it's like super cruel to be like you know trapped in this world where your reality is now a fiction and everyone is telling you it's a fiction yeah
2: and 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 they're just dangling the lie in front of him so that like he'll second guess it but he's like well obviously i'm second guessing because i i made this thing No wonder it's in my mind.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think there's, like, so many, like, just allusions to being a creative person and kind of, and just mental health stuff as well, because, like, he's having all these delusions or truths, maybe... And the therapist is spending so much time being like, "You're just a creative person. It is normal for you to feel this way. It's normal for you to feel like suicidal because you're so creative.
2: Your artist pain. It's part yeah. of it. That's it's it's it's, it's the package."
1: Mm-hmm.
2: As well, in the opening where they mirror the Trinity scene, but it's of the model, and it's like a shittier version of that opening where you could see the wireframe
1: mm-hmm. of
2: like the bootleg Trinity running, and then you have like. The agents stand in and you have the new dude whose name is Yahya Abdul Mateen II. Cool Cool name. And he's a cool fucking guy. Um, He's playing an agent who self-actualizes as Morpheus and then joins the Resistance. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And he's an interesting character. And the actor who plays him, uh, he's played a bunch of different roles in which he plays reboots of characters that already exist. He was Dr. Manhattan in the 2019 Watchmen. Oh he was, he was. He was fantastic in that. And movie. he's also in the new Candyman as kind of like the martyr for the mm. next Candyman. It's kind of interesting that he's played a bunch of roles where they're pre-established characters, but he's kind of giving them like a new license, I guess. Mm-hmm um morpheus is my favorite character in the matrix so it was kind of a bummer not to see lawrence Fishburne. yeah it totally was um i because like usually i'm not into like religious prophet characters at all in movies but morpheus is like that one exception e- exception he,
0: he folds his hands behind his back yeah he's, he's so cool away.
2: and I, I i just thought it was really fun that it's like an ai program that like takes over the mantle but like even he knows it's a load of shit and like there's bits where he's like blah 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 i'm morpheus yeah just oh god that stuff is like, so he's fucking like, good he's
1: now code that neo has created so he's a little angry at neo as well for creating him and having to self-actualize which mm. i thought was fun and in my constant like this is like evangelion i was just like new morpheus is Kauru. he's like <laughs> self-love <laughs> or like yeah or self-belief something to pull you out of it kind of thing absolutely um, I really liked that character, and I loved I loved all the clothes in it, which was very yeah. good. It was nice to see Matrix fashion again.
2: There, there was one bit where they all come out of the mirror uh, just before they fight the Merovingian and the werewolves, mm-hmm. and it's Bugs and her crew, and they all looked fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. I really, really like Bugs. I, I, I thought she was a great new addition. What's up, Doc? <laughs> she said that she has a carrot on her uh, t-shirt. scene, because mm-hmm. she's. I, I do think it's funny that like because like all the characters in the Matrix are based on their like online handle. So like you if if you were in the matrix you would be super eye patch wolf john like you'd have to be referred to as that but i just think it's like of course someone would have like bugs bunny as their online account and so when she like enters the real world she has to be called bugs
1: I thought like for ages i was just like oh like a bug in the system and i was just like no it's literally the rabbit <laughs> 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 it's just bugs
2: bunny. oh my god um Yeah, just just the the wild shit that happens kind of halfway through the movie. Because, like, it it does borrow a beat for a beat with the original movie, but just kind of, like, repurposes or recontextualizes certain elements of it. But, like, the bit where Neo kind of wakes up in the real world again and they say, well, welcome to the real world. And it's been approximately 60 years. Mm Mm-hmm and zion has fallen and they've set up io and niobe is there played by jada pinkett and i thought it was very good old people make it
1: was very good
2: because she's meant to be playing yeah. like a 90 year old woman mm-hmm. and she has scars all over her face i thought she looked great i really like the community that she's made that like there was civil war among the humans and a civil war among the machines mm-hmm. and that they've just kind of splintered off and made their own kind of uh, t- uh city and the the whole kind of theme of like having choice one or choice two and rejecting both of them and making your third choice kind of fits in with that as well
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: i i I just really love that kind of
1: what did you think about like good robots or good machines the sentience yeah sorry (laughs) i don't like them
2: yeah uh, (laughs) uh, i I love that actually they're called sentience god they were fucking brilliant i really love the one that sati uh kind of flies around when like so like sati is an AI program that was born out of two programs and mm-hmm. she's supposed to be like the next oracle but not really but when she's in the real world she has like a weird dolphin bird
1: yeah the dolphin scuba bird with the human legs and yeah. knees i was just like this design
2: and so like she could <laughs> not can, for me and so she could plug into the matrix and she could do her own thing but then she also has her own server in which they can all go around a wishing well and plan a heist mission and they sure do mhm and John, there was one thing you were you pointed out which I thought was very funny is that Morpheus because Morpheus is a program when he exists in the real world it's true a bunch of nano machine projections but you were saying that there's one bit where he has to climb up outside a tower
0: so he's basically a bunch of tiny flying orbs that knit together into a human right yeah but there's one bit where he has to climb up a, a tower and he transforms into a man and is like Ugh! Uh!
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like just fly dude (laughs) no he's got he's got to have that human struggle yeah okay (laughs) i guess that was important to his character right
2: i I did think it was funny when they were growing strawberries and i kind of felt bad for like the artificial life that maybe they can't enjoy the strawberries but then what is taste Mm -hmm. but just brain cells firing if they can see it they can taste it yeah was
0: that a line in the movie
2: probably um i really really love the idea that uh neo and trinity are kind of two halves and make a whole they're the kind of they're the two options making the third option again and that their love for each other is an emotional love but also the chemical element of it of their dopamine is so fucking strong mm-hmm. that they need to be like on like like you know how with like a remote you have the two batteries but they have the face in opposite directions that have that like circuit like continuing and so it, it has that whole thing where like it has this, like, unquantifying energy, but they need to have them near each other, but not too near. Uh,
0: yeah, and I thought carrie Ann Moss was goddamn fantastic.
2: She was very good. I mm-hmm. thought she was
0: brilliant. I thought she was so, like, so charismatic and charming, both when she's playing this, like, ambiguous Tiffany version of herself. Yeah. And then when she kicks back into being Trinity, it's like, oh... She's totally got that this whole different style of charisma. Like, I, she wasn't in the movie that much, but when she was yeah. there, I thought she totally
2: like stole the show. I was so happy when she did her back heel kick. Yeah, yeah, the scorpion kick thing that was so good.
1: I thought it was like really funny that her husband was called Chad and she had this like she was in this heteronormative like relationship, and it's kind yeah. of like will she choose this kind of life with her Chad husband and her two point five children kind of thing, yeah. or will she go with like Neo and it's kind of like.
2: I really, really like the kids in it. And the kids I'm are actually so playing...
1: Are you trying to bone my mom? So her
2: so her kids are actually carrie Ann Moss's children. Aww. And her husband, Chad, is the is the director of the John Wick movies who was Neo stunt double. Wow. Oh, wow so that's like, cool. that's why she's going out or she's married to fake Neo.
0: I would have raised this movie an entire star if she punched one of her kids. Because <laughs> I feel like there was, were so there was good. moments where it narratively could have
2: happened.
1: Yeah, and it would have made sense because at the end when she's like, pushing like uh, punishing the new architect um she's just like that's for using kids as well yeah (laughs) beating me along with children (laughs) yeah she could have she could have hit a kid
2: yeah i i I was disappointed by the action yeah Yeah. Uh, like there's fights but they're not choreographed and like the previous director of photography was bill pope who also did like the sam raimi spider-man movies and like early 2000s action movies are like that kind of cinematography. There was a
0: lot of mm-hmm. movies taking like a lot of influence from like kind of more modern like wire foo movies. But then a lot of it took like a lot of like cues from really old Kung Fu movies. And you'd have these big shots where like, it'd be these large unbroken shots of two people doing things with their full body yeah. and like, Think of, like, the Merovingian fight from 2. Like, when I think of that fight, I think of Neo stepping across the tables and you can see all the action and it's it's so impressive and it's so cool. Yeah. This was shot like an Avengers movie where all the fight scenes are up close, like, mid shots and up, and it's like... uh, uh," And then someone falls down and then the next thing happens. And that kind of broke my heart because I think that kung fu style of shot composition is so... To me, just like kind of critical to what The Matrix is. And when I realized I wasn't going to get it, I was like, oh
2: no. No, it's not a very good Kung Fu movie. I felt
1: the same. I thought the the action sequences were pretty poor. And it was when I found my mind wandering the most was when people were fighting rather than They just go on for way too
2: long. The one one where they're fighting the werewolves and Merovingian is just... Scouting stuff that merovingian fight to the first one but i was trying
0: to
1: think like why like even this fight like they're in a very small contained space so you don't even get those nice wide shots Mm. kind of thing um but also like there's a moment in it where the kind of the leader of that group is just like oh it's all about your fighting and not like enough about like talking and i thought like maybe the movie was doing something with its fighting where it was kind of like it's not the point, and thus it's kind of sucky. But then there's too much of it to make that a point kind that's, of thing. Yeah. That's
0: kind of like... It's kind of like what some people kind of read on No More Heroes is like... There's points in towards the end of No More Heroes 1 and 2 where you're fighting for so long it gets really boring. And it's kind of like, but that's the point, man. And But it's like, okay, yes. But it's fucking boring. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah I'm I still don't know. Have to watch I, it. I, yeah. I don't know. Like I don't know, I can... I can appreciate it and be frustrated.
1: Because they do, like, they spend a lot of time, like, as, like, referencing, like, you know, oh, bullet time was the kind of thing. And even when they're pitching the new game, they're like, it's bullet time, I loved when they were
2: brainstorming. And, like, I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, ideas are the new sexy.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Thanks. Are you going to give us one? But, like, you know, they're talking about bullet time and they're talking about how iconic and important it is. And then, like, the way they do bullet time in this, like, was terrible. I really... Didn't like the slow motion effects that they use in no, it. I thought oh, it looked, yeah, very, yeah, thought yeah, it looked yeah, really yeah, cheap. The, the and slow weird. motion
2: looked like weird internet buffer.
1: Yeah, it didn't
2: but but look like, good, but
1: not in a purposeful way where I would have been like, "Cool, it's like buffer." It just yeah. kind of no,
2: it didn't. Looked it didn't looked a bit weird. Well.
1: And the bit between Neil Patrick um Harris and Neo when they're in the kind of the garage, oh, yeah, when yeah, yeah. that whole sequence, I found it actually kind of a little like pukey inducing the way it was like playing out with all that slow motion
2: so, so for us i thought there was something wrong with the projector and the playback but then when i watched like the file at home because it's on streaming as well i was like no that that that, that, that it. was that was a choice that was like approved mm-hmm. okay
1: i was just like hmm maybe <laughs> maybe lana needed a friend <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when it came to the uh, the choreography yeah oh, i mean i feel
0: like I know enough about Lana to feel like okay this was clearly not what she was going for like Mm. I don't feel like they really tried and failed with the action I nearly just feel like this was not something that was ever a super big priority for them so in a way I can respect it yeah but personally so much of what I love about the Matrix is zany fucking action and this movie's not that
2: no no like it's got a chase sequence but it doesn't have anything on the chase sequence in Reloaded not and yet. it's just Neo now, in, doing, like, force In fairness, hands.
0: there is a bit where <laughs> oh, no, the a form. bunch of zombies <laughs> z- dive bomb out of skyscrapers. That was cool. That yeah. was that cool, was and wit- it was
1: really shocking. Yeah, yeah
0: that I, I, gave, that I, I, gave I, yeah. me real, that was my first, like, oh, this actually does feel like it has some of that old action DNA. Like. I, I,
2: I did like that the agent program is gone from the new Matrix, and that it's just, whoever is a blue pill just gets hacked. Mm-hmm. I mean...
0: Yeah, and they just
2: get matrix code in their
0: eyes, and they just fucking dive out windows. I just I love the agent thing so much, and yeah, it's like a lot of the things I specifically love about the Matrix were not in this movie, and like I didn't really enjoy the movie that much. But it's the kind of thing where I can look at it and be like, this is very clearly for a different kind of Matrix fan who is not me. And also, there's nothing like this movie. Like I didn't enjoy it, but there's nothing like it. You know what I mean?
1: I think it's the most millennial ass movie I've ever seen. Like so much of the way it was treating the characters uh was very fanfiction y yeah, and yeah. like I'm saying this and like if people are taking that as an insult, you're wrong. I think fanfiction has its own like 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 artistry to it. We and love
0: I, fan content yeah. here on the boss cast.
1: Um so like hmm. I felt it was very like like Oh, Lana spends a lot of time consuming fan fiction, yep, <laughs> you know, because yep. uh, like they even have a meet cute at a cafe and like that's, oh God, what was the name of it? It was like a pun on latte, but also code or something. It was very
2: good. Uh, Simulaté. Sim- Simulaté,
1: simulate, that wow. was it. It was very, simulate. very good. Um, but I, I was like, I really felt I was just like, if there's any millennial film in the world, it is absolutely this one because it's speaking to everyone who's ever dissected and loved the Matrix, and it's kind of being like, yes, it is all these things, but it's also this extremely personal story. Yeah. Um, that I'm bringing it back to as Lana, which I was in a way
0: that like the third Matrix movie did not, and that's kind of interesting. And I also I watched that Sopranos movie Saints of Newark. Yeah. Um. And I really liked that a lot. But that was like a movie that was made specifically for me. It's like I watched The Matrix or watched the Sopranos like six times. Every little fucking thing. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> he, he just said he's not a varsity alley. Yeah, you know, he like, said the line. Like, I, I I popped hard for that. There's Gabagool in the background. <laughs> There's Gabagool, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I had a great time with this movie. I might watch it a fourth time. Good for you, Brian. Mm -hmm. I'm discovering new things. i watched the Evangelion movie three times. See, like, Matrix is my Evangelion. Sure. It's my piece of shit lore that I just hound on. (laughs) I'm going to play Enter the Matrix later this year. Oh, sick. Really? Yeah. Could I watch you play a session of that? Sure. I'm so curious. It's not a very good game. That's
0: perfect. Is
1: Enter the Matrix better than Path of Neo?
0: Uh, Path of Neo came after, right? Yeah, it yeah. Did. and I think from from what I remember of the reviews at the time, Path of Neo scored like maybe on average fifteen points higher than Enter the Matrix. Now I don't
2: know. Mm-hmm. See the thing with Enter the Matrix, it was rushed to meet a deadline because it had to come out June two thousand three to coincide with the release of Matrix Reloaded because it runs parallel to that film. Path of Neo was like two thousand five, I think, and it's one of the later era uh, PS two. Uh, Xbox games. Mm-hmm. I've I've seen some reviews of it. I've not. I've I got it over there on the bookshelf, and I, I should play it at some point. Did I get that for you? you? Did yeah. you got it for me? And uh, <laughs> there is some scenarios in that game. Once again, like absolute fan fiction, where there's an alternate route in which you fight Agent Smith, but all the Agent Smiths combine into one to make a big giant Agent Smith, and Brilliant. it's like fucking Ultraman. Cool. The Matrix is fucking wild. Mm-hmm.
1: Did you like New Agent Smith in this?
2: I don't really like that actor.
0: He...
2: <gasps> the dude that's in Criminal. Eve,
0: how the... are
2: you? So... He's just a dude. He's, he's so good
0: at being just a dude, though.
2: <laughs> he's no Hugo Weaving. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I,
0: I thought he was
1: great. How do, okay. you, how do you not like him? He's brilliant. The one bit Niamh, I did Niamh, read.
2: This, he... this is him. Hey, Neo. No, okay, Neo. <laughs> Neo. <Niamh, Niamh. laughs>
1: Bravo. <laughs> Neo, the
2: one bit I did like is when Neo's at work and Morpheus approaches him in the bathroom with a pill and you're like, dude, that's not how you do it. And then the water sprinklers go off and there's a raid and then he goes back out into the main room and the dude who's like, like plugged in Agent Smith just kind of like like realizes he's Agent Smith, and he goes, "Mr. Anderson." That was good. That, that was, was good. really funny. Yeah, that was
0: brilliant. And then he picks up the, the Uzi and just starts shooting. I wasn't really sure what was happening at that, <laughs> that point, point. So and mean, I was just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, because you, you're a big fan. Eve.
1: I thought he did a great job. I thought that was like a weird role to do, where it's this kind of like not real.
2: The guy, the guy who Smith... plays him is uh, also in in the Frozen movies. He plays the boyfriend. Princess Anna's boyfriend fiancé. Oh, I, okay. yeah. I watched
0: Frozen over It's a fucking good movie. Frozen, yeah, one, Frozen. Is Frozen one is so great. Good. Yeah. so good. Frozen's pretty. Um, Frozen 2 is just a very long yeah. AMV. Never watched it.
2: Probably never will. Yeah. Yeah, it's You don't need You're to. not missing anything.
0: But uh, yeah, um Encanto's all right. Sure. I, I guess I get I guess like with me again I love Agent Smith as Hugo Weaving. So, like one of my favorite mm. roles ever. I think he's just such a good villain and
2: He is the ultimate theater So maybe
0: I should have been looking for what was there and not what was missing.
1: I feel like all of this movie I was kind of on board with and kind of got what they were doing, but with him I didn't really know what they were saying. No. Like, at all. I was just like, is he his Joker now? So (laughs) apparently Hugo
2: Weaving was meant to be in this movie, but he was unavailable.
1: Oh, that's
0: that's disappointing. And so
2: they had to kind of like... Maybe it's one of those things where
0: Hugo Weaving does not give a fuck about Agent Smith and that's just all of us, but how... How do you pass up on that character? See, like, because
2: he came back for the Hobbit movies and they paid him a shit ton for that. Mm. Who's in the Hobbit again? He plays King of the Elves. Yeah. I don't know. I don't Legolas' know any... his dad. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. No, I, I don't know if he's Legolas' dad or the other guy. I only watched the first Hobbit movie and then I was like, ah, I'm done. Fuck this. Second one's all right. Third one's one of the worst things I've ever seen. You should talk to my dad. Loves them all. Even the third
0: one. Even the third one.
2: With Billy Connolly on the I board. Had, I
0: had this exact conversation, Brian, where I said, even the third one. And he was like, yeah, they're all the same. And, Don't like, them. and when he said all the same, Brian, he meant Lord of the Rings as well.
2: <gasps> <laughs> That's some thinking. Watched, That's a some...
0: Of, watched a bunch of Twilight Zone and my dad over Christmas. That was fun. Go on. That's it. That's the story. Okay. They can't all be winners, Brian
2: i've actually removed the thing from the quest log so that we can talk about other things instead i'm going to steer this on neve tell us about chucky
1: (gasps) yes yes please so like everything else is just absolute garbage compared to the chucky tv show
0: (laughs) okay so just 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 so we can put that in context a bit neve uh, Sistine Chapel Garbage Mo- Mona Lisa Trash um, the This podcast Piss p- <laughs> Piss okay, yeah. uh-huh. It's
1: all filth uh, And Chucky's the best of it So the Chucky TV series If you don't know about Chucky It is based on the Child's Play movie Property. Yeah. Oh, a, a cute little
0: doll that's evil. Yeah. If you don't know about Chucky, you're way too young to be listening to this and stop. I know. Yeah.
1: Um, so this is the TV series, and this is technically meant to be a sequel to Cult of Chucky, which is the seventh movie in the series of movies. I think you do not need to have seen any Chucky movies uh, to be able to watch this and to have a fantastic time. I think it's a brilliant jumping off point because it works as a soft reboot um so saying that if you don't know much about chucky chucky is a possessed doll he's possessed by the murderer charles lee ray who when he was shot to death in a toy store did a voodoo incantation and put his soul inside a good guy doll called chucky and this is present day the tv series and a kid called jake wheeler he's 14 years old he is at a Uh, yard sale and he sees the chucky doll and he buys it because he's making a really freakish sculpture made out of dolls heads because he's a 14 year old kid who's kind of a little edgy and that's his art project oh yeah i i
2: i could have have done that yep see it from the toy story
1: yeah, when I saw this kid, I was just like, "Oh, this this guy would have liked new metal in mm-hmm. in like like in
0: secondary school." Sid was so cool. Yeah, he was a cool dude. He was such a fucking cool guy. <laughs> uh,
1: so Jake lives alone with his dad. His mom died, um, and his dad hasn't been doing well. But his dad is also really cruel to Jake because Jake is gay, and his dad is just an awful homophobe. His dad kind of gay bashes him that night. is really like aggressive to Jake, and somehow jake's dad mysteriously dies
0: that's weird they should have explained that Mm.
1: (laughs) maybe it was chucky (gasps) no way so jake has to go live with his cousin junior And Junior's life is the exact opposite of Jake's. He has a beautiful giant house that he lives in. He is like a girlfriend who really loves him. His parents seem really involved in his life. and he's kind of
0: like the same age?
1: Yeah, they're all 14. He's in his year. He's an athlete. He's just like, he is on top of life. So Jake is now moved in with uh, Junior and they're going to the same school. Junior's girlfriend, Lexi, bullies Jake mercilessly because Jake is a bit of a freak. And they also have another friend called Devin who is a true crime podcast. A whole pile of weird <laughs> murders start happening in the town and Jake starts falling under suspicion because he's the weird kid and you know people are like, a lot of, mur- of these murders are happening around Jake specifically. Lexi bullies Jake so mercilessly and she pulls off a stunt that to bully him that was so cruel I was shocked. I was what like, I kind of
0: bull- gag. What, what kind of Bullying, are we talking?
1: A lot of it is name calling. A lot of it is just like pretending to be his friend and then turning around. But this one was like, I'm not even going to give it away, but like she does an act in front of a whole pile of other kids that have them basically just laughing at a horrible tragedy in Jake's life. And Jake is like on the edge and he's like, and Chucky's there all the time being like, you know, Jake, maybe you could kill Lexi. (laughs) Chucky, no. And this is the best chucky has ever looked they um they credit no more than like no less than seven puppeteers on this wow. and like the chucky doll in this looks great there was a problem with the last reboot attempt with audrey plaza where yeah, they to. and, and, and make...
2: mark hamill's chucky yeah and it, it, do- it doesn't have a good face
1: it just it looks like shit and they're trying to imagine it as a home kind of like like a home system yeah
2: like amazon yeah Echo like, or whatever you want to and it's like
1: who would have this ugly doll in their house with this so the chucky conceit in this is that it's just a collectible from the 80s that existed and people buy these good guy dolls as collectibles um so jake n- starts to realize that chucky's alive chucky's trying to goad him into murder and nearly gets it until chucky starts picking on everyone else and jake is a good guy and is realizing that Chucky Chucky's full of shit and he's trying to make me hurt people so it basically becomes a teen team up against Chucky none of the adults believe that Chucky's real so it's these three kids uh, three to four kids that kind of find out Chucky's alive in different situations and bound, bind together and their job is to like take out Chucky they have hilarious physical fights with this puppet there's, <laughs> there's a bit where like they're having like you know one of those um dance parties where you wear headphones uh, yeah. so it's like a soundless kind of party so they don't silent mean, disco yeah silent disco and uh they're the house is on fire and Trucky is literally like trying to murder the shit out of lexi and she's throwing him around a flaming room and when anyone throws a puppet it's just like comedy just comedy genius to me and you see his little legs and he's like he is just, like, scrabbling around the floor and stuff. And Chucky's murders in this, they are brutal. Like, they are vicious and cruel. Like, there is just, like, some of them where you're like, oh, Chucky, no. So you're kind of rooting for Jake for this kid to kind of beat Chucky, but you're also kind of rooting for
0: Chucky because he's, like, this little it's funny. chaos so, doll. I-, I saw a clip of this that made me really want to watch it, and it was, like, I think... I think the context here was Jake explaining to Chucky that he's gay. Mm-hmm. And Chucky being like, that's cool. And Jake's like, really? And he like, he just has a really good line where he's like, I'm not a monster, Jake.
1: Yeah, he, Chucky's like, my kid's non-binary. Yeah, <laughs> and there is there is a movie
0: where
2: Chucky's... Yeah, Seed
0: of Chucky. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> is, is Chucky's uh, uh, partner his bride in this?
1: Yeah, so this is what I'm getting at. If this, this show was just these kids teaming up to go against the big bad. It would have been great. Like it it, it would have been just great on its own. But halfway through this series, all the Chucky lore just comes flooding in. Oh my god. Like, just absolutely. And not in a way that completely, like, derails the story or makes, like, the people who are there lost. I think it's a really good way to do a reboot to get people who are invested in the series, who this stuff means shit to them, and make it matter, but also people who are the teens in this situation come into the series and be reintroduced to it. So they use a lot of expositional, uh, like, uh, dialogue. They use a lot of flashbacks. They do a lot of. Like clips from the movie, but also like they filmed new stuff for it to kind of explain all this lore. So, like, you don't need to have seen much of Chucky to get into this at all. But if you have, it all just comes flooding in in such a fantastic way and then gets completely gender fucked in an interesting way so you have um tiffany which is the bride of chucky chucky's girlfriend
2: is she voiced by jennifer tilly
1: yes jennifer tilly exists as an actress in the world of chucky oh she's
0: awesome brilliant and she's
1: tiffany's favorite actress so tiffany possesses the body of jennifer tilly so later on Jennifer okay, Tilly I'm, I'm watching this I'm watching
0: this, this so she shows so up good. to a
1: funeral and like <laughs> the boy junior is just like I know you and like she's like you're a little young for bound aren't you <laughs> and it's just so good that's their first movie <laughs> and like Jennifer like, like Jennifer Tilly is just amazing in it but it's like like if you love her it's great but if you don't you will learn to like my girlfriend doesn't know much about Chucky and she was just like I love this woman and it's just like it's just so brilliant but also it's like later on you find out that Charles uh, doesn't just have part of a soul in the Chucky doll his soul is now like a like a horcrux where he can put it in individual piece uh, as at different strengths. So also the soul of Chucky goes into a woman who Jennifer Tilly is keeping hostage and she kind of flicks between being Chucky and also being herself. And the stuff that happens with that is also brilliant. And the girl who plays um, this version, she is put into drag and she plays the version of Charles, uh, Charles Lee Ray in the flashbacks for the 80s stuff. So it's just like this complete like exploration of gender sexuality horror bullying just a real amazing way to do a reboot that kind of satisfies old fans and new fans and i just thought it was like some of the best horror tv i have ever seen especially with a series that who's tried to do a reboot and it just failed
0: yeah like
1: this was brilliant and it's only like i think like 10 episodes long it was either mm. eight or ten that's perfect it's like a perfect lens to just try it out Good shit.
2: Good shit. That okay. sounds great. Okay, I'll try it out. Maybe. Yeah,
0: I think I'm going to try that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I went to see the movie West Side Story. Oh, that's surprising. <laughs> Steven, Spielberg's West Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Amblin
2: Entertainment Presents West Side Story. I was right.
0: home for a couple of days and my mom was like, I want you to come see West Side Story with me. And I was like, yes, mother. Um, And I had a terrific time. Uh, that's a that's a that's a great movie. It's it's actually fucking brilliant. Um, afterwards, my mom was like showing me scenes from the old West Side Story, and it's all like very kind of on a stage, you know. And it's like really cool dancing and everything. But the new one, they like the musical numbers are so ambitious, and like just how they're framed and how like they move through different environments. It was, like, one of the fucking coolest things I have seen in a long, long time. And, like, all the actors they have... I think the two... I think the two leading women in it both won something. Maybe an Oscar. I don't fucking know. Maybe a Grammy. They, yeah, they I think it was a happened. Grammy. I think it was a Grammy. And, no, um, wait. Not,
2: not a Grammy. Golden Globe.
0: Golden Globe. They yeah. just happened. Yeah. Um, And they really deserved it because, like, they're both brilliant in it. Like, they're really good at singing. And um, if people don't know, West Side Story is this, like it's this story about these two gangs one of them is called the sharks and i think the other one's called the jets
1: yeah i think it's the jets
0: yeah and um it kind of goes into a lot of like the sharks are ba- i think it's the sharks are basically a lot of people like you know non-american americans like immigrants and stuff and it's about them so it, like it has this kind of Weirdly, like, nationalistic undertone, which for, like, the 1960s when this was first made is weirdly progressive, even if they did make a white actor, I think, play a Puerto Rican actor and just darkened her, which,
1: you know... (laughs) Sounds like the 60s. That was
0: the 60s, and they shouldn't have done that, but, you know, now now this is here, and it's, like, genuinely just, like, so many, like, amazing, like, minority actors, and they're, they're just fucking brilliant. Like, everyone involved blows it out of the water. The only person who I felt didn't was, like, the leading man... Basically, the romantic lead is just... So, there's so many fucking hot people in this movie. And, like, one of them is the leader of the Sharks. He's, like, a boxer. And he just has so much charisma. Like, whether he's dancing or singing or just doing whatever, he's amazing. And then, like, the leader of the Jets is this, like, real little fucking slimy dude. But, like, slimy in also a pretty hot way. Like, he was also really, like, bold. And whenever he was on screen, you just had to look at him. Because he felt kind of dangerous. And then the leading dude is just this carton of milk with a floppy hairstyle.
1: <laughs> Isn't this like um, Egbert from Ansel, Baby Droover? <laughs> Baby Driver guy. Eldor. Yeah. Let me find Ansel else. Egbert from yeah. Baby Driver.
2: I have not watched this film. I really want to. I am to. not
1: a fan of him as and an actor or singer.
2: Neither, oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. Tony.
0: Mm-hmm. Neither was Mother Walsh. Um, she We were both like, yeah, he sucked. But um, other than that, it's good. And, like, I was not expecting this. I that movie is kind of brutal. Um, I did not know the story to West Side Story. It's Romeo and Juliet. It's Romeo and Juliet, yeah. And at one point, things feel like they're about to get really violent. But I expected a kind of like, why would we dance? Why would we fight when we can sing? Like, <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't. Come, and like, people get stabbed and shot, and I was like. I think I'm confusing this movie with Grease. But I genuinely... Look, I genuinely had a fantastic time. I feel like I'm not really experienced enough in musicals to really say anything meaningful about it beyond just... I I had a really good time with this. Um, My mom brought me to see Cats before, and... I think I came around on Cats in a really weird way. Like what a what a nightmare of a movie, but this wasn't like that at all. I was genuinely like invested the entire time. The, the every song was like a banger. Like they were there were such good musical numbers in this and it was really interesting. Didn't shy away from the race stuff. It it was a musical with grit which I've never seen in my life and
2: I just thought it was really cool.
1: That's exciting. I can't wait to see it. I like West Side Story.
2: West
0: Side Story is awesome, turns out.
2: They have the I Feel Pretty song, don't they?
0: They do. And they have the I Want to Be in America song. That's where they're or from. <laughs> I love to be... I, like to, I don't know what it was.
2: It's weird like watching something like that when you've grown up watching The Simpsons, where you're like, now I know the context.
0: I know, yeah. She, she started singing I Feel Pretty, and my first thought was like, I guess this song had to come from somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Did it, you guys
1: not do like musicals in school and stuff?
2: Uh, I mean, we went to boys...
1: So oh okay we
2: had to do like Rodal plays that was oh. about it
1: oh i did west side story and guys and doll and like in rural ireland in a catholic Whoa.
2: school <laughs> oh
0: we, we did one called um that's a cool nun yeah we, we, did, we, we did they got in a, the cool nun <laughs> yeah. she was imported <laughs> yeah, yeah they flew her in <laughs> we did a play about like an english spanish army invading a bunch of aztecs and like slaughtering them what the fuck yeah yeah it, oh, uh, great and uh, the film's climax ends when and uh, basically the aztec god i think we might have i think the school might have put him in like dark makeup oh no i know yeah um they painted a boy i think they I might no actually maybe they didn't i can't remember but um yeah the whole climax is that the aztecs all think that their king is god and so the Spanish roll up and just blow the fuck out of everyone. And they're like, okay, cool. Let's see your god survive this. And they shoot him in the head. And then the god doesn't survive. And then someone's like, damn you. And that's the end of the play. It's called like the Golden Sun. No, that was, that was the Game Boy Advance. I don't remember what it's called, but it was like pretty grim. Sounds it, yeah. Yeah, I got yeah. to be the bad guy in you
1: know? it. Oh, well, that's fun. That was really fun. I had to be a doll and not a guy. That sucked.
0: Fuck that, Niamh. I know. Okay, I'm sorry. Not fair. Mm-hmm. It's not fair. It's not fair. Oh,
2: so John, you got one more thing to talk about. Okay. Because time. Time. Okay. But take all the time you want to talk about.
0: I read all of Berserk.
2: Whoa. Hell yeah.
0: Yep. All three hundred and sixty-four chapters. Technically, like three hundred and seventy-two chapters. I would say it took me between fifty and seventy hours. <gasps> and I did it in the last week.
1: Uh, how are you feeling emotionally?
0: Oh, shredded to pieces.
2: Yeah, because like you are not getting closure from that. So
0: it was announced that Kintaro that Muro was dead and there was a chapter out that I hadn't read. And so I read it several weeks later. Another chapter came out. The final, final chapter. And this one wasn't completely... As far as I can tell from the writing on it, this one wasn't completely done by him, but it was his manuscript and finished by his, like, team. So I was like, okay, I am not reading this final chapter until I read all of Berserk again. So that's what I wanted to do. And... My memory isn't the best. I am not the best at remembering details and stuff and I found it a lot of the time when I was reading the newer chapters of Berserk and at this point I've been reading Berserk for like, I'd say going on 10 years, like pretty much since those movies came out in English. So new chapters would come out and I'd read it and I'd be like, is this, who's this person and what, you know, and like I'd still Hmm. get the major beats but I was having trouble with stuff like that because I read it spaced out so long like over such a long period. And so this was such a different experience because it was like, I, I was reading like 60 to 70 chapters a day, you know?
2: And you're deep in that world.
0: So, so deep in that world. And it was weird because like, it that's kind of how it felt. It really felt like I'd read a couple of chapters, I'd get into it and I was just there. I think reading all of Berserk like that Is probably one of the best experiences I've ever had with a piece of media I think Berserk is an absolute just masterpiece I think it is the best comic I have ever read and it's it got me like there were so many aspects of its story that really got me and like resonated with me in a way that like it hadn't when I was just reading it kind of sporadically I, I think, like, that that series is about a lot of things. And, like, it's really hard to get specific because we're, we're talking literally hundreds of chapters and so many different plot points and characters and everything. But um I went into it thinking that, like, Berserk is kind of a story about healing. It's about going through the very worst things you can possibly go through. And yeah, just going
2: in. through trauma and recovering from it.
0: And it's absolutely about that. But it's also this, like, really simple but really profound story about channeling the worst parts of yourself and Rather than like giving into those parts and rather than going like with your very worst instincts It's about channeling the energy from that from like protecting the things that you really love and sometimes that means Not getting the thing That like the lesser parts of you really want and It's so beautiful and so sad you know and um, I there were so many parts of this that really really just just kind of left me in awe like it's I cannot pick a favorite game like I I, I can just about maybe pick a favorite game but it's hard I can't pick a favorite movie I can't pick a favorite tv show this is my favorite comic like it I was just so in awe and so much of it was Kintaro Muir's artwork like um You know, you couldn't write Berserk as a story and have it be even close to the same experience. There's so much of those characters that are only in those facial expressions, only in those compositions. So much of that world that you can only experience through the compositions. Like, um, the world of Berserk is really interesting because they're basically, from the beginning of its timeline, you have a very realistic medieval world, but then you also have this astral plane that exists as well, and or from a fantasy certain... elements kind of yeah. exist. and from the earliest point in its story to the very end, you are basically watching those two circles start to overlap and bleed into each other, and it's incredible. It's like the world goes through just these monumental changes, and it's it's like each of its like its three main characters are guts, Casca, and Griffith. I don't want to, I don't want to go into specifics and I definitely don't want to go into spoilers, but like, um, where that story ends up, we so nearly didn't get one of the most important things in that story. We were chapter, like, if if Mura had, like, not done the chapters he did, the final couple of chapters he lived, we wouldn't have gotten the most monumental thing. And, like, I, again, I don't want to get specific with it, but, like, When you're reading a story for that long, those characters do just become part of your life. And when they're as well realized as this fucking thing, and to me, these are some of the best written characters I've ever read. Ever. Like, I. There was a point where, like, I was sitting down each day to go hang out with my friends, you know? And as stupid and, like, overblown as that sounds, I could not wait just to see those characters again and watch all the little interactions that play out between them. It was that convincing. And what happens, like, in the very end of those stories, you get reunited with a character that you haven't seen for years. You know, if you're you're reading it like I did and you're just shotgunning it, it's so powerful because so much happens. But, like, in a kind of, a sort of meta layer of it, if you're reading it over the courses of, like, you know, 10 years like I did as well when you see that character and you see the face they make it just like blows you apart like it's it's amazing and it was just kind of incredible like it it really was i am i'm in such awe of of that comic and it's really tragic that there's parts of it that'll be left unanswered but like also the way not the last chapter, because the last chapter ends on a cliffhanger, which is so unfortunate because the second last chapter, the last one that was available mm. when 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 Kintaramira died, there's like a finality to that chapter that really hits you. And to me, it's nearly like that is its true ending.
2: Yeah, it kind of points you in a direction where you can fill in the gaps yourself.
0: There's basically a bit where one character turns to Guts and says the entire point of the story. He just says it to him. And it's like, oh my fucking God, you know? Just brilliant. Like, just... Like, yeah, it's unfortunate that it, it never got finished. But, like, as it is, like, nothing comes close to it for me. I'm so glad I got to do this. And I'm so glad that that story exists and it was so much fun you know like you always hear all this shit about berserk about like how gritty it is and how awful a world it is and all that's true like there's awful awful shit in berserk but there's so much tenderness and heart as well it's such an emotional story it's such a funny story like there's so many pages from berserk that are hilarious you know it's like like especially later on i think berserk starts off real super gritty to the point that it nearly feels like kind of like Lord, you know the first page is guts like having sex with a woman the woman transforms into a demon and then he kills her that's the first page of berserk Ugh. yeah exactly and the story that grows out of that is fucking incredible and i know people some people are kind of put off starting berserk now because it will never end but like like in its incomplete state for me, nothing touches this. And yeah, I...
2: I guess it doesn't have a bad ending. That's the thing.
0: Yeah. It's it like... doesn't have a bad ending, but in a way, like the incompleteness of the story is kind of thematically relevant as well. Yeah. Like if you... If you're, you you're, follow, you're always going
2: to be working on yourself.
0: If, if you're following, like... If you've been following Berserk, it's like, you know, there's something... There's two things Guts really wants to do. And they pull himself, they pull him in different directions. And there's one part of the story where he is literally sailing away on a boat with one of the things and looking at a hill in the distance where the other thing is. And it's like, okay, this is the last moment that Guts can divert from the Passy This is the last moment that like he can make this choice. And he, he makes the right choice. He makes the good choice. And the fact that we're never going to see that other choice fulfilled in a way makes sense to me because that's the cost of putting your life into something you love. And I think that's just such a fucking beautiful sentiment. I could probably talk about this for a long time, but I'm gonna stop now.
1: I'm very happy that you were alive in the same time and space that this existed.
2: (laughs) Me too. Yeah, that's cool. Like when that happens.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I always like to think about that about art I really like. It's just like, I feel very lucky that I'm here to enjoy this.
2: No, it'd be similar to me with One Piece. I I enjoy reading a fresh chapter. I actually thought about
0: you and One Piece a lot. Because I imagine you, that's exactly what you have where it's like. Because like with One Piece, I have that experience where I go into it. and I'm like, oh wait, who's that person? Who's that fucking? But you've been staying so close with it. To you, going to One Piece is probably like hanging out with your friends.
2: Oh yeah. So if I think about Matrix in the shower, I think about One Piece before I go to bed. Mm -hmm. Sure. And I go to bed every night.
0: (laughs) Sick. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, strategy talk. Brian. Yes. Why don't you tell us about the analog pocket?
2: The analog pocket is a handheld... Console clone alike from analog. you pre-ordered this I did. In a flurry of excitement, then realized, wait, I don't like Game Boys.
1: I do this all the time. I always like pre-order hardware because um I think I'm the sales p- pitch gets me and then afterwards I'm like, wait a second, I don't own Game Boy games. And
2: But you know it's a very special boy that does. Yeah.
0: Sorry, what is the analogue pocket?
2: I'll get to that. Okay, sorry. Neve held on to the pre-order. It arrived at her ho- home eventually. Oh my god! Yeah. What the fuck were they doing?
0: I
1: know it was like delayed for like yeah. a year. Yeah,
2: over? The, a yeah, year? it was delayed over a year, and then and then the customs bomb came along. I know. We settled that shit, and then there was still like forty-eight hours where it was like, well, I guess it was, it was kind we-
1: of missing, and yeah. I was just like, where the fuck is this? I was really sweating. I guess it was
2: the week before Christmas. You yeah. It is. Um, it is a handheld system that plays Game Boy games it plays Game Boy, Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance it is different to other clone consoles like the Retron for example where that uses a different type of architecture where it's emulating or doing like a flash dump of it this is hardware more or less one for one with the Game Boy where it's a different console that happens to play Nintendo products, Nintendo software There's adapters for it. There's only one at the moment for the Game Gear, which I'm not particularly interested, but there will be an adapter for the Neo Geo Pocket, which I will absolutely get. There's also an optional dock where you can plug it in, feed it through HDMI up onto your TV or monitor or whatever, and you can sync it with Bluetooth controllers. At the moment, I think it's only like the DualShock 4. Uh, The 8-bit Doe controllers don't work with it, but it's constantly being updated via patch. I think I'm on the third patch and they've just added in save states because uh, it can take a micro SD card. Um, and
1: it can do screenshots, can't it?
2: Not just yet. That's the next update. The next update is that you'll be able to use the Game Boy camera and save your screenshots as PNGs on your on your SD card, which would be super handy. Uh, the screen on this is absolutely fantastic. And it is a solid piece of kit. It doesn't feel cheap. It is very well refined. I'm delighted with it.
1: It's much bigger than you would think it is. It's like the size of an original Game Boy.
2: Yeah. Oh. And it's got a bit of weight to it.
0: I like that with handhelds sometimes.
2: Yeah. Um, it has shoulder buttons on the back. Uh, it's kind of got a recess at the back so that it is kind of shaped like... It, it, it's got the the girth of a Game Boy, but only in the lower half. And then the upper half has kind of the cartridge slot. It does play bootleg Game Boy games, which I thought was interesting because a lot of these clone consoles don't play... Uh, unofficial carts or like bootleg copies of uh, existing games. Uh, but this does it. But the way the system is built is that like it doesn't even allow like a millimeter of space. So sometimes these clone cartridges, they're a tiny bit too too thick and it already left a mark on the back of my analog. Oh. And it's only a tiny mark, but it's like, mm. but then like it also, like I, I, I got the pla, or Neve also got the plastic case. But the plastic case isn't a carry case it's more for a display it's
1: a display case yeah so that shows you my intention for it
2: yeah <laughs> but i've got it and i had a look at it and then i put it back in the box maybe someday but yeah no so far i'm really really enjoying it um i played uh a, a, a variety of different game boy games uh including some of my funnier shaped ones i have some of my rumble based game boy advance games and they all work i have a tamagotchi game boy game that worked fine um, for the most part yeah it picks up everything Um, But the one game I decided to kind of sit down and play properly was Kid Dracula, which is a platformer made by Konami. And Kid Dracula is...
1: The son of Dracula.
2: Or is he? (gasps) So in America, or sorry, not America, Japan, I think he's called Dracula-kun, which is like young Dracula or like child Dracula. But I don't know if he's Dracula's son or if it's a prequel where it's just Dracula as a kid. But it's a platformer that's sort of similar to the Mega Man games on the Game Boy.
0: So I feel like there's a certain tier of Game Boy game. And I put like Kirby's Dream Land and like Donkey Kong Country for the Game Boy. Yeah, because most Game
2: Boy games are terrible. Yeah,
0: there's just such a gulf in quality between these games and everything else on the Game Boy. Yeah. This is one of those games to me. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: No, Kid Dracula is a very well-aged Game Boy game where it's pushing the hardware to the limit. It and has it ha- like big chunky sprites. Yeah, it has genuinely good music and it's it's got so much going on that the game is kind of like shitting itself. So it was nice to play it on the analog where there was less chug on it, which was great. Um, the visuals for this game are super cool. You know that YouTube channel Worthy Kids, that animator? Yes. Um, he does like lots John, of- Sean, you do. Oh, do I? You do. Yeah. He, he does lots of cute spooky di- drawings and stuff like that and cute animations and he does like fake stop motion using uh...
1: Did you ever see the short where Palpatine is like thrown down the chute? <laughs> <laughs> I don't
2: think so. Okay. Or the one where there's like a bunch of clowns that run a... Yeah, a, a, a burger. Burger van. A burger van. And there's one this where it's... Like, uh, This sounds fantastic. Yeah.
1: It's, yeah, it's like it all looks like 2D animation, but it's 3D and like grease pencil stuff. It's yeah. like,
2: it's really cool. It's got really nice line art around it.
1: <laughs> Let's loot drop some of it.
2: Yeah, we will. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. But um, Kid Dracula kind of seems like, I don't know if the Worthy Kids dude has played Kid Dracula, but if he has, I'd be like, called it. Because Kid Dracula has that kind of vibe where it's kind of just, it's chibi horror. And the first, (laughs) like, this is also one of those games where it's like when it came out in the West, they had to get rid of all the religious elements there is like loads of crucifixes <laughs> and like buddhist symbols and like buddhist symbols in the west mean a different thing here they sure do and so this also happens in the earthbound in earthbound in, in, on super nintendo but you f- the first boss you fight are a, a group of kind of like monks but they're wearing white robes but it... Oh, dear. Yeah, but yeah, and, and it looks, oh, dear, and they also have other maybe, symbols. Maybe Kid Dracula's just woke as fuck. And so, the, the first boss is, you have to fight, like, a little baby monk, and he's easy enough to beat, and then you have to fight, like, the adult monk, and... He's easy enough to beat, and then you have to fight like the very old monk, but he's invincible, but then he dies of old age. That
0: makes sense. <laughs> I think I could probably beat the shit out of literally any baby in the world.
2: Which is the fact that you fight like a really old monk, but he's invincible, but he's on a timer to die after one minute. Oh, that's that's great. And this is just a game devs being like, yeah, fuck it. The second boss is Jason Voorhees. <laughs> and, he, and like, you're going through the woods and you have to jump through all these like, Logs are falling down waterfalls, and you have to and like and like the overworld map is done like super like old school uh, NES Castlevania, where you know it has the overworld and you're on screen left, and you have to go to screen right, where like the castle is up in the clouds, up in the sky, and so like it, it is a Castlevania game, but it's just like a weird like preschool parody of it. So,
0: I th- one of the problems I have with like a lot of these Game Boy games, it's like sometimes you play them and it's like no one tested this. How's like the difficulty and just the general...
2: I'm so glad the analog pocket has saved states, John. Okay. <laughs> it is right. fucked up hard. Like there's one level later on where you're in like a roller coaster and you just there's so many leaps of faith where you're just like, I I don't know if I'm going to let or am okay. I just going to die? I don't know. Um, they, Like the game is only like less than an hour long. Like people who, who can beat this game like as a human, that's fucked up. Like this game looks great, sounds great. It was not play-tested, absolutely. Um, but yeah, Kid Dracula is very good. I think, I think it's actually like a port of a Nintendo game, but it was only on the Famicom in Japan. But I think it's part of that anniversary Castlevania collection that always goes on sale on whatever platform of your choice is. Because Konami, are, we'll get to Konami later, but like Konami do do a good job of kind of like archiving some of their more flagship titles, I guess, and re-releasing them and Castlevania you know certainly exists for better or worse I
0: disagree with that statement Brian yeah but you got to play Aria of Sorrow let me tell you about the
2: Silent Hill remastered collection (laughs) oh those are shit but like uh, Castlevania and Metal Gear they're doing great Goemon and Silent Hill not so much
0: (laughs) I feel like Goemon and Silent Hill is the full spectrum of what I am Brian, that sounds great. It's very good, uh, guys. I played Total Warhammer, or as it's properly known, Total War Warhammer.
2: Is is this like Warhammer Forty K, or is it? No, this is Fantasy Warhammer. Oh wow! The fun one. I I because because people forget, like you know, it wasn't just Space Marines.
0: Yeah, and I like. I think I like the fantasy one better because the fantasy one has lizard people and rat men
2: oh yeah the skaven the skaven whoa so i used to be super into warhammer because i like the model making aspect Same. of it but gets get gets too fucking weird were you
1: ever into warhammer Eve? i painted some but yeah. i never knew
0: anything about it yeah like
2: there's so much fun to make i, mm-hmm. I used to love making orcs because they were so customizable
0: yeah and like some of those sculpts are just they're just awesome mm-hmm. they
2: are they're brilliant yeah.
0: what made
1: you decide to play this is this the one that came out in 2016
0: It's Total War Warhammer Two, so it might be a little later than that. Yes, I I don't know. uh I've always liked Warhammer, and I got into forty K as a kid because all my friends were. But like, I'm more a fantasy person than a sci fi person. But I fell into a rabbit hole of YouTube videos where I watched. uh, Mandalore Gaming has like eight videos on this, and I just ended up watching them all. And I was like, this actually looks kind of fun. So I'll take a chance on it. Um, these are kind of, I think, I don't know if people would describe them as strategy games or 4X games. 4X games are those ones where it's like, it's not just about the combat. It's like about maintaining a civilization, all that kind of stuff. And this has elements of that for sure. But um, it's mainly like you pick, a, you pick an army, pick a leader for that army, and then you'll start out on a specific point in a map. And from there, it's up to you to like... Go to battle with the other armies take over their cities all while watching out for stuff like skaven burrowing under your city or like chaos corrupting your city or your city just turning into a bunch of vampires all this kind of stuff kind of civilization light kind of stuff i guess but um i'm having a really really good time with it it's been a while since i've had to start like setting timers for playing a game because otherwise I'll play too much of it but Uh I have to set like about an hour like during the week anyway I have to set like you know hour hour and a half timer because I will just play and play and play and it's great I have my lizard army and my favorite units are these really muscly crocodiles that carry hammers and I just really like them. The Gator Smashers. They're they're great. the Gator Smashers.
2: Yeah. um, We're here to fix your fence and break your fucking face.
0: Are you playing this on PC? I am. It's really fun. And like the actual. So basically you're this little kind of like sort of sort of like imagine like a little kind of chess piece nearly. And you move that around this giant world, a giant board basically. And you know. You have your civilizations and what you want to do is you want to protect your civilization your cities while raiding and ransacking and taking over other people's cities and you know you inevitably get into these big giant battles and like when you and then like the battles themselves are basically like this giant real-time strategy thing but with really intricate mechanics about like you know each unit has the things it's specifically good at it and i think a lot of it's based off the warhammer mechanics like the tabletop mechanics so like they're really really involved there's all this stuff for like flanking your enemies so you know if you can hide in the trees and put like this little force like in the center of the map and let the enemy attack them and then like charge out from the trees and kind of like you know pincer mover them from both sides. You can like be a way bigger army with if you can like get stuff with get good with stuff like that. And so like it's really fun, it's really tactical. And when you lose in this game, it is fucking brutal because it's a kind of monopoly style loss where you're going to be dying for a couple of turns. Like, you know the way no one ever gets wiped out in Monopoly? Yeah. You just get to a point where the other person owns more property than you and bleeds you slowly. That's when you ha- think
2: you can turn it around, but you just... You can't. No. And um,
0: at least I haven't been able to. And it sure is something else. Um, one time I invested too much in military, and my people got really sad, and my lizard people got really sad, and then they all started turning into vampires... And uh, rebelled against me, and so the next time I invested a lot in infrastructure, and then my army was weak, and a bunch of rats tore down my city and shit all over me. It's great,
1: just like real
0: life. Just like real life. <laughs> but I'm having a really great time with it. I think, I think for me, like what's kind of kept me away from like um, civilization and a lot of those kind of games, even like Total War series. I just it's just a little too much history for John. John likes. You know he likes he likes the dragons. He likes the rat people. He likes rat ogres. They're like ogres, but they're but they're rats and they're they're real big and muscly. I think that's a good look. And this just this has been really doing it for me. I'm gonna have to get a little careful because I feel like I feel like this game could very easily destroy my life if I let it. Like on a like on a related note, the the final installment of Binding of Isaac came out over Christmas. Yeah. Uh, I not over Christmas, but in November. But I started playing it over Christmas, and. Uh, yeah played like maybe 20-30 hours that game's oh, really wow. bad for me yeah um, I, I'm not allowed to play that
2: Yeah. Um, it's horrendously addictive
0: it's horrendously addictive but I have I have soaked all the creative juice and inspiration I can get out of Binding of Isaac and the only reason I play it now is dopamine and I have to stop and it's deleted from my Playstation so we'll see Neve tells about Halo a Total Warhammer is great by the way people should give it a shot
1: um, I'm on video game sabbatical. I'm not playing anything new until March.
2: Oh, That's yeah. fine. Yeah. The new Kirby's out in March. That's when we're playing new games. New.
1: Every single game was pushed till March. So I feel like March is this, just this huge mm-hmm. media, new media we got thing. March? I, I feel like everything that was ever like pushed went to March. Like, I don't know off the top of my head, but like I have March as this looming date for like every new sure. release.
0: I am very happy to play all games right now.
1: Yeah, so I was just like, I'm only playing Halo and I'm playing Shin Megami Tensei and that's like what I'm playing until we reach March and maybe some old, older games. We have Elden Ring that.
2: out in February. It, it's out at the end of February, but let's say March. We'll just say March. Uh, the new Horizon game is out. Uh, Pokemon Legends is out. <laughs> Gran Turismo Seven. I don't think that Pokemon Legends game looks good at all. It's a Monster Hunter clone, isn't it? I, I I look at it,
0: and there's something so indie studio that's trying its best to make a Pokemon clone game about it. It look, I think it looks bad. But I, I don't think I guess people don't care because they just yeah. want open world Pokemon. I'm like sure, but just you know, I, I don't. Have a great time, everyone.
1: <laughs> so I've been playing a lot of the Halo multiplayer over the campaign. I think the campaign story's like a bit blah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a bit disappointed. I gotta say, I feel like I feel like there was a lot of concessions made in, in getting this game finished and made and also trying to soft reboot it and to also try and wrap up the story. And it kind of just, it's... It has been fizzling. I'm not even finished it, but it's like been fizzled out for me for a very long time.
0: The fact that you haven't finished it over Christmas kind of tells me everything I need to know about your feelings on that.
1: So I've been playing a lot of the multiplayer. I love the Christmas event. It was like 10 levels. It was free. You got a lovely skin, like nearly right out the gate. I liked that everyone was wearing their Christmas skins, but once Christmas ended that period everyone took them off and there's this thing in halo that if you like do fashion halo um the other players will fucking hate you (laughs) so there's these other type of players who have bought the premium battle pass and they get the scout helmet and the like the scarf um armor piece and the bullet like details and they wear those and they wear the green and the black skins and they are there for serious business and if they see you wearing cat ears they will teabag you
2: gotta fall in line
1: And I think that's so fucking boring because, like, it's Halo. You're playing with dolls. Like, they are just army dolls that you're throwing at each other. This is fucking real. And they're like, this is my, like, tactical, like, Halo man. And it's like...
2: No, no, if Halo actually happened. (laughs) Like... (laughs) They (laughs) died. There's a man singing in that menu, in that start menu.
1: (gasps) And it's just like it's like that halo tree diorama that everyone's like wow it's so beautiful it's like real war and it's like shut up.
0: it's like a mcfarland diorama it sucks there's (laughs) there's something a little bit like that in some fighting games where people somebody there's a minority of really dickish players who are like if you're not playing top tier what are you doing like if you're not picking top tier characters what are you doing and my answer is that when i beat someone as q from third strike I it I get literal euphoria coursing through my veins as I'm sure Eve does when she kills someone in cat ears in Halo.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and it's just like m- m- my response to that is get out of quick play. If you want to play like super serious all the time and you want to be like, and that is the type of Halo you're playing to the point that you get pissed off at someone wearing cat ears, go into ranked and just stay there.
2: Yeah, join join some dickhead clan.
1: Yeah, um, so I bought the cat ears because of course I did my my Spartan looks beautiful and i'm wearing the skin that looks like the gundam OREX like oh, colors sick. Yeah. so like and i have a little teddy bear that i keep on my armor so i look super cute but people get super pissed and there's memes all over the like the reddit like boards about how much they hate the cat ears which i just think is like people allergic to looking good and fun
0: um speaks very directly to these fucking gamer girls are taking up all the subscriptions on twitch
1: yeah, that kind of stuff. And it's just like, guys, calm down. It's just Halo. Um, I'm loving the multiplayer. The more I've learned the maps, the more fun I'm having with it. Like, I've nearly maxed out my um, progression. I'm on like 85 of 100. So I kind of don't know what I'll have to do then when that's finished. I will say that the kind of challenge system, I'm still finding a, like kind of crappy. I've been playing a lot of Halo and... Every week you have multiple challenges that you need to clear, and then you'll get a special challenge that you'll unlock something special. Like usually it's a visor color, like a sticker or something, something kind of crappy and useless. I have still yet to get one of those because the challenges are so hard to clear despite aiming to clear them and playing a lot of this game. They're just hard to do unless you are really investing a lot, a lot, a lot of time into it. But overall, like Halo, still a lot of fun. Like really like oddball still and just looking forward to seeing what they do with it more. Uh, with Shin Megami Tensei, my plan of putting everything into luck has backfired completely. <laughs> <laughs> no one can hit me. Every time they hit me, I like they miss. But if I do get that hit, <laughs> he is so dead so
0: fast. Yeah, you and like. <laughs> That is not a game where you can take a lot of hits.
1: No. no. And it's one of these things as well where I thought I could play with like buffs and debuffs a lot. But it does this really annoying thing that I hate that JRPGs do where you will give you a whole pile of buffs and debuffs. And they're like, hey, you can use haste and slow again. You can like put poison on people or mirage or charm. Except bosses.
0: I fucking hate that. It's like, don't remove mechanics yeah. for the boss. Like, and especially like the most interesting mechanics.
1: Yeah. And then it's just like, okay, so what you want me to do is make my magic... Or my like my attack extremely high and that's how we'll
0: get through this okay i still still think that game is
1: really cool i'm loving it i'm like having such a good time i'm like i feel like i'm not playing it optimally because i don't really know these characters or like how the fusion works and i'm kind of learning through doing
0: i think there's like a layer with that game where if you're going to commit to it you are watching youtube videos about very specific mechanics because i think there's a lot of stuff it really glosses over Mm um but yeah, I I find myself fonder and fonder of that game. Like, and I haven't even played that much of it. Like, I've I, played like, you know, 10, 15 hours or whatever. But like, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, there is something cool there. And I'm going to be happy to have that as a kind of back burner.
1: Yeah, I think I have a bit of a question for Shin Megami fans. Um, because I've been looking some at some of the PS2 games because I do a bit of game collecting. And those are games that have shot up hugely. PS2 oh, yeah. games are now just very expensive but um the earlier games seem to have a lot more like maybe original assets in them and kind of felt more not even story driven but that there was more to them where this one feels like like and i really like this game and this is me not trying to insult it but it feels like they're like we have a lot of assets we can reuse from all the other games we're doing and we can add this on top of it we kind of give a light layer of story and it's just mostly about mood and gameplay. Have they always been like that, is my question? Or was there more narrative to these games? And they've kind of just peeled that aspect off and made this more gameplay focus as a series.
0: I can, like, from what I played at Shin Megami Tensei three, which was only a couple of hours, um, it was, it had a little more narrative in that, like, I was walking to places and talking to characters mm. um, that were central to the story as opposed to, like, giving me kind of side quests or whatever. But it was very barren still, and it mm. was mainly just about the the story of this game is that there is a boss you need to beat. Yeah.
2: I, I played 4 on the 3DS or in the same time as Persona 4 Golden on the Vita. I recognize assets between the two games.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I used to think Capcom was the master of this, but it's, it's Atlas for sure. <laughs> like, they are just there. Um, there they are. So I was just like, I wonder if they're worth playing. Like, is it worth playing going back to, like, Devil Summoner and all of those on the PS2? I mean, I
0: thought the the Switch version of 3 was good. Like, it was cool. And it was a really nice remaster. Hmm. As I keep saying, had a vibe.
1: Okay, cool. I'm liking the vibe. Yeah, me too. But if you can sign off in the comments, guys, let me know if any of the PS2 ones are worth my time. Because I will... I like collecting PS2 games.
0: They're there's something about a ps2 box that i just that black and white it, mm-hmm. it's Good probably stuff. part of it's probably like euphoria from the nostalgia of like looking at them because like i feel like that was the time you could go into a game shop and you know maybe you'll find a copy of disgaea you know maybe you'll find persona 3 maybe you'll find capcom versus snk2 mm-hmm. it was it was cool i've playing more tales of Arise as well oh yeah that is just an incredibly chill game to play and uh, the combat's—it's really fun, and the bosses are deceptively fucking hard. Like, wow, you really have to be on your shit for some of them. But it's cool, and it, it keeps getting cooler the more I play. And it—it was—it's a really nice January game in that like it's not too demanding, and a lot of it is just like hanging out with your, with your buddies. Brian.
2: Yes. We played
0: Deltarune Chapter 2.
2: Yes, we did. And it's been so long that I actually played Deltarune Chapter 1. As did I. And then played Chapter Mm 2.
0: Glad I did that.
2: Yeah, because it continues a bunch of stuff over, which is nice. Uh, I really, really enjoyed Chapter 2 a whole bunch.
0: I thought Chapter 2 was a a huge improvement on Chapter 1.
2: For sure. It picks up where you left off the next day at school, and you as Chris go back to school and Susie is super hyped because you get to go on another adventure and God, I love what they do with Susie in this game. Su-
0: the Susie, she's such a star of this. Yeah.
2: Cause like
1: Susie's the lesbian cow. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Cause and like I don't know if before you were like saying lesbian in like a hopeful way, but now she is just the lesbian yeah. cow.
1: Okay. I was like, she just looks like one. Yeah. yeah. That's but, like strong
0: gay but, vibes. But now there can be, now it is beyond vibes. Yeah. Okay.
2: She likes a girl. Yeah. Because, um, like, and she's girl like... likes her. Because she's like Nelson Muntz in The Simpsons. Yeah. Where, you know, you know, that episode of Simpsons where Lisa tries to try and find Nelson's sensitive side. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, Susie is just nuke that. the whales. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gonna Luke something. So, like, Susie is just that in episode two of Deltarune. Yeah. Where, like, you get to see her sweet and sentimental side. She's still trying to act like a tough guy. But she is just like really really glee and giddy about going on an adventure this time around you go to the library your kind of teleportation hits you fall down the hole and you're in the cyber world is that correct john yes and from there there is a new villain the queen who's brilliant <laughs> she's really really good and uh you're back to there's a bit where she's like come nestle against my bosom
0: and then you have an option for two things but if you think one thing she's like if you pick one of them she says bosom means titty uh
2: and so you've got your your gang together you get a new uh member this time as well noelle who i
0: fucking love so much she's very good um she's a shy reindeer who's in love with susie
2: And she's one of your classmates from episode one, but she gets fleshed out this time. Her,
0: her like sprite, her healer sprite is, it's so cute. Mm. I love it.
2: It does a great job of every 20 minutes it introduces a new story beat and Chris is kind of paired up with another, because the characters keep getting separated and like led in different directions. There's not
0: really like a dungeon in this. It's like a series of 10 minute set pieces after like again and again and again and each one has its own weird mechanic and idea and it's fucking cool like each one of them had like so much effort and creativity put into them and they're really funny
2: yeah no they are um it's, it's it's got some good kind of uh map design puzzles and it has some good kind of uh battle puzzles as well where you're trying to kind of resolve how do i deal with this opponent peacefully or how do i kind of like like, like, what's their problem and how do I solve it? Yeah. Characters reunite, they get separated.
0: There's like a new villain as well in, in I think his name's
2: Birdly, is that it? Oh my God. So Birdly, and like he's dressed like Star Fox Falco. Like he's wearing the same fucking headgear. But Birdly is another classmate and he's a blue jay and he's just the teacher's pet show off. He claims he's the smartest kid in the class. He also gets teleported, but his whole thing is that he's siding with the villain, but the villain finds him so annoying that she tries to avoid him. And you're trying to avoid him as well. And he's just this thing where, like, he keeps switching alliances, but he has a crush on Noel, And he's just so fucking frustrating, but he's such a good little shit character. The villain
0: queen is real, like, she's super, like, flamboyant and real, like,
2: hello, my dear, and all that yeah. kind of
0: stuff. But then sometimes, like... Birdly will leave the screen and she'll be like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. little kid's so annoying. Uh, my favorite bit with Birdly is when he's like, that's cheating, like wave
2: dashing. <laughs> I still think my favorite bit is when <laughs> Chris and Noelle are high or no, Noelle's like, shit, it's Birdley I gotta hide, she hides in the alley. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> or no, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Queen shows up, so Noelle hides in the alley and then Queen's talking away and she's like, you haven't seen Noelle, have you? And you're like, no. And then, birdly shows up and then the villain queen's like shit it's birdly and so she hides in the alley but, <laughs> but she like
0: but she's like layering her cell splits <laughs> she does that above noel who's so hiding like, from
2: her she's a foot above her but if she looked down she'd see noel but she's too busy trying to hide from birdly and concentrate on that and it's just it's it's fucking simple slapstick pixel art but it, it works yeah it, oh it, yeah it, it's it, such a stupid simple joke but that's what you want
0: yeah uh, I, I thought the, the humour in this one was really sharp. Like yeah. it it got it like it got a bunch of good solid laughs out of me
2: alone in my parents' <laughs> spare room. It's a very funny game.
0: Yeah. So
1: uh, I played the first Deltarune, um, the first chapter, and I, I liked it. I liked it more than I liked Undertale. So mm-hmm. I'm going to play this because this is a glowing recommendation. Oh, yeah, where sure. does, like, is this is this the final chapter? Does it have a... There
0: are going to be seven chapters. Yeah. Whoa, and so he said that, so, right? So, yeah, so at one point he, you it, saved so the I game. thought it was five, and I don't yeah. know where I got that, but I had it in my head. It's five, but when you go into this it it brings you to like a menu and this chapter 1 which is like the first world then huh. the second one and then seven more chapters. Whoa. Yeah. It's
2: it's got a much more like comprehensive bestiary mm. and if you if you continue from chapter 1 you can like have all the enemies you encountered in a cafe having a chat. Um but it, it does a good job of kind of like archiving all your like playtime and the stuff you've seen but also showing you what's ahead of you but it's all like blanked out but it gives you like a rough estimate and we're only like 20 percent through the main story if even
0: yeah that's nuts and then um, i thought this was just a really super like earnest story like it was there was like no real hint of kind of darkness with it and it's kind of yeah. like when you get to the end of it everyone's really okay in their own way and stuff like i really
2: thought there was going to be some weird bitterness and resentment from like the success of undertale in this game but this is like yeah i made undertale but this is Room. yeah and
0: it's really it's kind of it's really joyous and just sincere and yeah I, I had a great time with it
1: that sounds great
2: yeah it's it's it, it's not nasty meta meta it's like it's sweet meta do you know what the winter grave root is ryan that's where you know use Noelle's ice spell, isn't it? And you have to use it on every enemy. So
0: in the first Deltarune, there were there was just one path through it. It was like mm-hmm. there was no, like, pacifist, no mercy shit. It was there, there is one, there, there is
2: one there. optional boss in the dungeon, and he's genuinely hard. Yeah. Because, like, the first chapter of Deltarune is easy. Like, you, you just play the game, and it kind of autopilots itself. Yeah. Deltarune chapter 2 has a bit of, like, oh, I, I need to have a strategy for this bit, because yeah. I, I, I can't just wing it.
0: Yeah. But um, I played the the first half of the snowgrave route on on stream and have you touched it at all, Brian? Do you know anything about it?
2: I I, I know about it. I I, I I know the results.
0: If you liked the, if you like chapter two, you have to go play Snowgrave. It's completely different and the story is so fucking upsetting and weird. Like it's it the, so much effort has gone into it. Like the entire thing of like this isn't like a kind of reskinning. It's the vibe of it is so different and so fucked up and it's brilliant. It's okay. like it like turns into a genuinely good horror game. Oh no. Yeah. And it's all centered around Noelle. And like I don't wanna to say too much, but it's basically you gaslighting Noelle into doing something basically you're gaslighting someone else into doing a no mercy run and it is so fucked up and forcing the, that murder and the writing of it is so strong that it, it it's just it's really upsetting like i was like i asked people on stream like okay how like is this dark is the is this going to be dark on the level of a no mercy run i like no mercy in undertale is fucking dark and this is as dark just in a different way and it was brilliant like it really got me because like i could have walked away from chapter two of Deltarune and having not done that and i would have been perfectly happy I, I was completely satisfied the snowgrave route was brilliant like it and i'm only halfway through it like i still have to actually beat it which i'm going to be beating on stream this friday so when you're listening to this next monday just go back to friday and join me for that stream um, it's not that hard come it's on. not that hard come on guys I, I can't explain everything if you liked Deltarune chapter 2 you should really go play the snowgrave route because it's like it's got like like as much effort as the no mercy route from Undertale but it's also not like crippling, cripplingly impossible like the no mercy route is so Brian like I'd really I would implore you to do the snowgrave and use a guide because you're not gonna oh yeah it no no
2: I, I, I've heard there's certain steps and conditions you need to do and it makes a noise and that's how you know you're doing the right thing yeah. for the wrong thing.
0: Oh my god, though! I poor fucking Noel. You 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 break that girl. Oh dear. Yeah. Quick time, Vince.
2: We have some news for you. It's brand new, hot off the press. The first one here is Ken Levine, creative disaster. What is this? Jason Schreier wrote a Bloomberg article about what's going on with Ken Levine.
0: He's what working on Bio the Shock. Shrouded Hand or something? As I thought bi- he was trying to make a new
1: Bioshock.
2: Okay, so Bioshock 3 came out in 2013 and yeah. DLC came out late 2013, early 2014. So it's eight years later and Ken Levine's next game hasn't come out yet. The headline is the next video game from Bioshock's creator is in development hell oh and it's a project that was meant to come out in 2017 but still hasn't (sighs) and uh it's his studio is called ghost story games he's the creative director of it i believe
0: i might have this wrong but if i remember i heard something about this a while ago and the idea about the game was something about like narrative blocks fitting together to create stories Is there something about that in it, Brian?
2: Yeah, it does borrow from elements of System Shock. So it is definitely... Immersive Sim. Immersive Sim. It does borrow elements from Immersive Sims. And it was meant to be some sort of first-person action-adventure title. But the gist of the article is, and it is... It's one of those articles where Jason Schreier wrote it, it came out. But then every other video game news site, like
1: aggregated it yeah
2: aggregated jason schreier just wrote an article Mm -hmm. (laughs) which i just think is so funny and it was just like they'll just slightly tweak the headline but it's more or less that like anybody who's kind of had uh, like is involved in this project has left because of creative differences or because of frustration because it's not going anywhere and it seems like a lot of people's like problem with working on the project is that ken levine is a control freak
0: i remember hearing kind of whispers of that stuff like back when i think back when people were much more tolerant to this kind of shit.
2: yeah and that these are problems that were in the bioshock games particularly the third bioshock game which had several several delays and teaser footage and teaser footage that showed final builds explaining enemies that ended up just being kind of like enemies that are beaten you know regardless of whether you deal with them or not yeah yeah. because they just couldn't because the idea was good but it was not possible to execute sure but that just seems to be the general problem with a lot of staff that um there's a lot of great ideas coming around but when it comes to actually like implementing them into the game there isn't a a solution to it and it just gets bottlenecked at the top by ken and a lot of people are leaving on a frustration.
1: Right. And where is this money coming from? Like who? Like who's the parent company? Who's like who's? I have no idea. Like
2: it's got to be running it's, out it's, now.
1: Yeah. Like it's just, it's did
0: just, his Logan's Run script ever come out? He wrote know. the script. He wrote the Hollywood. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Interesting. Cause, yeah.
2: Because for a while it was like, is he going to go to Hollywood? Is this going to be the thing where the, the 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 video game director makes a movie?
0: I think the answer. We should always assume for that for the foreseeable future is no. Hmm.
2: Very, very different forms of entertainment. Yeah. I tried replaying the Bioshock games. The trilogy came out at one point again. There was a remaster of it. Those are games of their time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if... Especially Bioshock Tree, That is a game I do not ever want to play again. Yeah, that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 2013 was a weird year
0: konami do nfts to celebrate castlevania
2: 35th see now they could have done a new game or did some kid dracula shit but no you get nfts that's nice
1: yeah it sucks but what if you do go and look at these nfts they've uploaded a really high resolution jpeg so, you just for make some them. Fun wallpaper. so yeah i just like saved off those images and nice quality images
0: there you have it everyone neve pro
2: nft um like they are very good at archiving their stuff it's just it's always got some sort of malicious intent and there you have it um playstation vr2
1: yeah they announced that vr2 is happening and i am you know pretty excited about this i want vr
2: to happen this was a playstation blog post where they described it and they said it's only going to use one cable
1: yeah, that was the big thing and that it's an OLED screen and like a 4k and all of all of that good stuff that you would expect and that the tracking instead of the old one used the camera, mm. now the tracking is within the headset itself quite like an Oculus. I'm looking forward to this, I w- really want a VR headset but I'm kind of like the two games I would like to play will probably not ever be on this and that makes me sad maybe like maybe half-life alex will come to it but i don't think resident evil 4 vr which was done for the oculus will maybe but i Make mean resident evil
0: 4 it. was originally a nintendo exclusive that yeah, game
1: that game goes on to yeah. everything but that this. game is
2: a little horror
0: and i think i think <laughs> it's all true. sony have to do is like throw enough mo- money oh they all they'll just have to pay more money than oculus have for the exclusive deal and mm-hmm. be like we'll cover that and i think they will 100 percent do that i it's really want to
1: play like resident evil 4 vr but i really don't want to own an oculus quest i don't want to own anything meta or facebook or any of that bullshit so like I feel like the best way like I feel like with PlayStation VR it still seems very gaming focused and not like this could be your boardroom and it's like (laughs) I don't want I know what if we could do
0: the boss cast in virtual reality but like sitting next to each other
1: as long as our like avatars were at least furries or some shit i'd be fine with it but i like, want to be the like meta a meta foot just mech i want to be me. like
0: a clown in a leather jacket
1: it's just like i'll make myself look like a worse version of me i
2: want like the biggest boobs
1: yeah i want brian to have huge honkers and i want me to be just anubis god and
2: like like, like the glow offer is so bright that <laughs> the, the oled burnt out
1: yes john i don't know what i want you to be probably the sexiest woman in the world
0: Got it, down for it that sounds great e3 continues to be online only for 2022
2: fair yeah. enough this is going to be interesting in that like developers are going to be like well if we don't need to physically be there what are we doing streaming via your platform why don't we just do our own thing and you know the bigger companies are already doing their own directs and th- kind you of just presentations even summer
1: game fest which kind of ran close to e3 last year keely's yeah. thing like that more people i think tuned in to watch that thing
0: i remember that one yeah much more
1: in, yeah. the e3 event like right. i feel like like
0: <laughs> i feel like the thing i'm most excited for every year is the nintendo directs that happens online yeah yeah. So.
1: There's meant to be a new state of play in February, I think, the Sony one. Oh, cool. Oh, that's another thing I just wanted to say about the Matrix 4. I can't believe a Game Awards trophy is in a movie I and know. specifically yeah. a Matrix movie. It was like that ugly fucking statue.
2: That was so fucking funny. <laughs> Poor Thomas Anderson. Poor Thomas Anderson. Poor email. I'm so excited about emails. Okay, first of all, before we start reading emails, and I got some fun ones picked out. Okay. This is an open call. Send us your emails.
0: New year, new emails. Yes. All the stuff in the chum bucket. We're tossing it out. Sorry, everybody.
2: Sorry. There were some good emails. If you thought it was still a good email, send it again. Mm-hmm. But for now, we're going to start fresh. But send us some emails. Send us some questions. Send us some things that we can read out that are... Okay to read out, please. Don't be weird.
1: I like to be asked about game collections. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Ask
0: us about food. I like strange emotional stories. You think you do. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? That that can get pretty heavy. Uh, uh, I like
2: hypotheticals. Bonus points if your question is in the subject of the email. That is so heavy. Oh
0: my god. You want to get onto this podcast, you put the question right in the subject of the email.
2: Okay, so the subject is the subject of this. This one is from Jamie, and it's turning 18 and feeling like an adult. Hello, of John and Brian. I turned 18 today, which is kind of scary and a lot to take in all in one day. So my question is, is it common to not feel like an adult straight away or is there something <laughs> I'm missing? No, kid, this is it. <laughs> this is the rest of your life. Jamie we are in our like mid-30s and we are children yeah it's you i i i, I, I you must like there must be like elderly people who are like no i'm kidding
1: i i asked my mom this i was like do you feel old and she's like no no one ever feels old you never feel your age yeah no it just keep
0: you just keep, just keep going
1: keep, yeah yeah you keep existing the age kind of is just an arbitrary number
2: yeah especially in our generation being an adult is very different to being an adult to our parents generation
0: what's the name of this person jamie jamie like the thing i always stress with people your age is you have no idea just how much time you have to absolutely fuck up and it doesn't matter like you could fuck up for an entire decade and that's still plenty time to get your life together. Now, I wouldn't advise doing that on purpose. But no. you, like, you're fine, Like don't worry about it. Just just try things, talk to people, have fun.
1: I do think like now I've been feeling a little bit more as an adult. I'm saying this in my thirties, in my mid thirties. <laughs> um, I have lately felt more like um, an adult because when I first came into the animation industry, there wasn't a lot of people, older people there to be mentors because it was like a very small, it was much of a smaller industry. Mm -hmm. Now there's a lot more 30-year-olds in animation and there's a lot of new graduates there. And now people our age are team leads or like, you know, helping people out and the first time like someone came to me like as a team lead or when i looked around the room and realized oh my god if there was a fire i would have to do something like the adult in the room is me was the first moment i kind of felt like an adult mm. like i was like oh shit i'm the person who has to care for these people if something bad happened and that's been happening to me more recently because i've now been shoved into this new new age of just automatically being older than other people who were there
0: i had to for the first time in my life take very serious consideration into a will recently holy shit! yeah like it got to the point where i was like i kind of put some things together about my current situation and what way i want things were to go if the worst were to happen and i was like oh no i need to write a will
1: yeah you're not an adult until you start doing stuff like going Maybe I need a fireproof box for my will. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So you've a lot of you've a lot of time to feel it and you will feel it at different moments and it's usually when someone else younger in the room looks at you like you're the oldest in the
2: room. Yeah. Yeah. Or when yeah, at some point someone's going to ask you what's it like to be 18 and is it okay? So and I that's, think going to be okay. The
0: worst is when you're in your early twenties and some teenager is like, "You're so old," and it's like. <gasps>
1: I have such a clear memory of me thinking a 21-year-old was like so old. I was just like, wow, their lives must be so figured out. And, and also the, this next thought was like, they have their own posters. Well, like you
0: being like 15 and being like, well, 25, well, I don't know. I'll probably own a couple of businesses. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, love, maybe i have learned to fly a plane. I, you know, just that was what I thought 25 was.
2: Unlimited potential.
0: Unlimited potential. and Wow me at 25 not it it
2: doesn't matter it's fine best version of yourself is always around it's okay thank you Jamie you'll be fine you'll be fine okay this one is from Caleb and it's school subjects okay and our names are slightly redacted but I think it says hello Neil John and Brian as someone who is currently choosing their school subjects I'd like to ask if you think your choices really affected where your career went (laughs) or any subjects you really regretted taking That's from Caleb. Not
0: at all.
1: Not at all. Uh, Like, it depends on what you're doing, though. That's such a, like, we all went to, like, clown college, which is just art school. Like, you know, Um, I dropped out of school none of it was relevant like, I, to me i
0: never used like in in ireland we have the leaving sir i never used my leaving sir i studied my ass off for that thing I, it didn't matter i never used it for anything you know what? presumably college yeah no like, I, to get I, into it no i used my feet to get into college, oh yeah. okay <laughs> so like yeah. i literally
2: never used it for anything um i regret doing science i did some science subjects. And I was like, this is a waste of time. It's a waste of the teacher's time. We don't need to do this. So halfway through the year in the senior cycle, uh, I dropped out of physics because it was just like, it wasn't gonna benefit anyone and it was gonna get in the way of other stuff. Yeah.
0: Um, I did do history in secondary school and I'm glad I did history cause I liked knowing about the history of Ireland. And it's something that like I did at the time because I had to, but then as I got older and especially like when I started traveling more, i came to appreciate more about ireland and learning that stuff was cool and in terms of like a career though it yeah like it's kind of like neve said we all took such weird paths it didn't really kick in but i would say just go towards what you're passionate about like if there's a subject that appeals to you more than something else don't try and be don't try and like overly logic it out and be like i'll have more i'll have better career prospects if i do this because if you're passionate about it you'll have better prospects from that
2: yeah yeah it's just it's it's high school it's secondary school it's those, those subjects are just like the general bare minimum of something that's way more comprehensive yeah and so it's not going to matter in the long run
0: and like even with college courses like do you, like, the only stories we hear are the people who like the, were geniuses in college and went on to do something directly related to that. The vast, vast majority of people do not end up in jobs that correspond to their college course. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure
1: like at least half if not three quarters of my animation year is not in animation anymore. Yeah.
2: No. Yeah. Either because they never entered the industry or they left the industry. Yeah. as 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 is how it is. Okay. Then this last one, and this is a follow-up email. This okay. is from Chad, who was in the Ned Flanders <gasps> heavy metal band, the Oakley I Doakleys. I listened to
0: White Wine Spritzer so many times after this. I, I
2: think that's the name of their band? Yeah, the Oakley Doakley's. The Oakley Doakleys, okay. And so this is from Chad, playing in joke bands all the way to the bank follow-up. So... When we read out his email originally back in December, we had a bunch of questions, so he's answered and clarified a few things for us. Okay. Okay. Hey, I appreciate my email getting read out on the podcast. I'll answer some of the follow-up question comments I heard you guys ask. Don't know if you wanted a response, but here I am responding regardless. Okay, so Nev, we only have mustaches when we tour or do press photos. One-off local shows, we can keep our facial hair however we normally wear it which for me is a beard. Okay. So they don't have to look like Ned Flanders, except if they're on tour. Okay, Brian and John. When I, oh yeah, so this is when we were talking about when, when a, few, a few years ago, we saw Grimes live in the Olympia and she kept getting electrocuted. Oh my God, yeah. And, uh, and Chad here is saying, uh, if it is an older or not optimized for sound and lighting at least building, there could be grounding issues with the electrical, which means if the axe monitoring system is running on a circuit, where lighting is being run and they're coming in contact with sound equipment running on a different power circuit, then they are basically becoming the ground in between two different electrical currents that's when you get shocked yeah
1: yeah pretty likely it's an old
0: venue i it's think that's very a, old that's venue. the most i've ever sat and just watched someone in pain
2: and like the the, the electrical shops were these like sharp snap
0: oh yeah but like, it,
2: but it sounded like a gunshot which i was very scared of and
0: then grimes would start howling in pain <laughs> and, and brian how many times did it happen like four or five four or five times And we're just sitting there watching this woman being electrocuted over and over.
2: I remember uh, the following day, she posted a picture of Frank Grimes about to be electrocuted. (laughs) Don't touch the electrical stuff. And she was like, this was me yesterday. Grimes used to be so cool. Yeah, she used to be so cool. Uh, But yeah, uh, Chad here has some kind of uh, experiences with that too. Okay, John than for you. Uh, I'm glad to hear you're getting back into albums. That's how artists intended audiences to listen to their music. I, I have
0: listened to so many
2: albums and it fucking rules. I'm
0: so happy what for was you. What I do? My, you don't know you to, know, not to spoil you out, you know what my loot trap is later? A fucking album. Good, good. It's an hour okay. and a half long. I've listened to it like eight times.
2: Okay. The landscape is ever-changing, so hell if I know what's actually going down. Just enjoy the music. No, you know what? Don't enjoy the music the way the album was... Sorry, Chad, I'm being bossy.
1: I just think like like Spotify, it's great because it gets you into new artists, but it's a discover stuff. But yeah. also people like forget the joy of going through an entire artist discography and just seeing them change and mature musically and also just the journey of an album.
0: So just one thing I do want to clarify is there were people who thought that I was literally just listening to the same music over and over. I was not doing that. It's it was just I basically spent like a long time finding a bunch of individual tracks I like, and I get into new styles of music. I'd like put those tracks into playlists and like listen to like suggested listening off those playlists My musical tastes were still expanding. I just stopped listening to albums, but man. I listen. I listened to Mastodon I listened to To imperfect blue. I listened to opeth. I listened to so much stuff Opeth's so good. Opeth. I, I was, That's I, some real shit. It's been really good, but I, re- I, I, I recently found an album that in my in my private Google Excel doc. I rated five stars.
1: <sighs> Holy shit! <No. laughs>
0: Everything else has been a three up
2: of A secret wish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Is that this... your loot drop? Yeah. Okay. Cool. And then this last bit, just uh, Chad's talking about the Neds. Nia, nee, if I heard you read off the list of Neds on the wiki until 2019, I would occasionally fill in the former. Ba- okay. So Chad would would occasionally fill in for the former bassist Bed Ned as instead Ned.
1: Oh, Oh, that's that's very good. good. Which
2: is the generic name they give to any fill-ins when the normal Ned can't commit to a run. But then Bed Ned and Oakley Doakley parted ways, and he took over full-time as Bloodshed Ned. Still pretty good. And unfortunately, none of them have cared enough to update the Wiki. But as they ramp up for this year, with a US tour and they might have to do a new press kit and all of that. So do please update it. We wanna know yeah. the current roster of NEDs. Can NED. people update their own Wikipedia?
1: I think you can, yeah. Huh. Well, anyone can suggest edits. And mm. I'm pretty sure if you're an original source, you're probably the best to suggest an edit. I see.
2: Yeah, that's that. Thank you, Chad, so much for kind of coming back and explaining.
1: and if anyone goes to one of chad's shows who also listens to the podcast send us a review (laughs) (laughs) i bet it's
0: brilliant
2: i really really want to take a photo
1: with one of the one of the neds and send that to us
2: (laughs) i love that instead ned is the
0: like it's (laughs) just the placeholder name (laughs) Okay, guys, we have a special section to do. I know we're running kind of late here. How do you want to do this? We do the special section, then shout-outs?
2: No, I think we should end on
0: the special section.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we should. Okay.
0: Which means we're going to go straight to shout-outs.
2: Patreon shout-outs.
0: Patreon shout-outs.
2: We are 24 months behind.
0: Okay, we're a full two years behind on the shout-outs, so we're changing how this works. We're going to be reading six shout outs an episode, <laughs> and we're going to bomb through them.
2: Used to be three, now it's two each. Okay. Okay, John, you want to go with this first one? Uh,
0: I read this out earlier, and I was like, I don't know if I want a recording of myself saying this, but... LSB wrote... I want Jam to say, and then there's quotation marks... Hello there, I'm Father John, the cool, karate priest who fight, the cool karate priest who's fighting off sex before marriage and the gay agenda. Now, let me tell you, I will fight off sex before marriage till the day I die. But the gay agenda is okay
2: with me. Agenda. 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 <laughs> uh...
1: The cool karate priest kicked me in my agenda.
2: <laughs> Maybe you got this next one? <laughs> this
1: is from Nameless Silver. Shilverow. Shilverow. Nameless Shilverow. Tell everyone to go read Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer, the greatest manga ever made. Than... I read
0: f- like five chapters of this about four years ago. I couldn't tell you a single thing about it.
2: Apparently it's greater, greater than Berserk John, so... Yeah. <laughs> this person is the uh, nameless. I know, I
0: know people love it. I should give it another shot, but I remember reading it and just being like, yeah, all right, and I just put it down. All
2: right, this one is from Nameless Snorlaxed. Uh, first post in the Discord, can I request each member... Of the cast, do an impression of their favorite Pokemon. Okay, <clears throat> I'll go first.
0: Bulbasaur. Uh, Brock. Brock.
2: John. Do Gengar.
0: What? Brock. Brock is my favorite Pokemon. John. Gengar.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's what? That's a star. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, John. You got another one.
0: Give the people what this is from Jimmy Breeze give the people what they want Capcom add Mike Hagar to Street Fighter
2: have they no
0: 2 years later they still have not he's in Marvel vs Capcom 3 okay.
1: this is from dry in brackets milk cult exiled founder Neve acknowledge the milk cult <laughs> cult we are legion this is a kind
0: of hashtag free britney britney situation Neve's never openly acknowledged the milk cult
2: no but may or may not be existing right now then this last one is from fuck-ass Deku, a scrub reborn. And this little fucker. He I knows-
0: fucking cannot stand Deku. Deku, shut up. <laughs> shut the fuck up, Deku. Shut up.
2: It's a little bollocks. I love his sweet little heart. You know, he, he's got his moments, does me. <laughs> yeah. I chose to contribute after listening to, I think, 2018's Game of the Year, where at the end, y'all were just talking about what good friends you were and how it was nice you had a thing you could all do heartwarming stuff and I will defend your friendship with my life thank you for providing me with hours of top tier wholesome content at work also I'm sorry if this is too long we'll delete and move if needs be
0: remember when Deku used to be nice
2: (laughs) who's this Deku
0: yeah who's that guy
2: thanks Deku fuck you thank you and there we go loot drop But this isn't actually the final this section. This is not
0: the final section. Yeah. this, is, we're, The thing people
2: want is coming. Well, don't you worry. Okay, so uh, I'll put in some uh, shorts from Worthy Kids because they're very good. Uh, but Neil, you got you got one here.
1: Yeah, mine is from um, OK or OKI. Um, OKI's
2: weird stories. Yeah, yep. OKI's
1: weird stories. I've dropped his channel before, and I think his John McAfee series is brilliant. It's but pretty, this, he's pretty fascinating. <laughs> so, yeah, so. He's fascinating, dude. Great video. But um, OKI O-K has gone like fully undercover to infiltrate a cult of people who believe they are uh, ex-space marines um, who who are free from the programming and are now telling the world about their uh mars space marine shape-shifting abilities and uh okay basically saw he uh, saw an inn for this cult and exploited the inn and ended up at a conference he literally traveled to a conference to infiltrate this
0: i really want to do that like not not for a video even i just I want to go to one of these conferences. Would one of you just be interested? Absolutely.
2: I would go as long as I don't have to give my passport to anyone.
0: That's so funny. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I'll give my passport to anyone. Um, <laughs> this is just a great video. It's like he his videos are always brilliant, but this one just like took so much like personal investment because he had to weave such a believable lie for it to
2: work. Right. Uh, then mine is, I've been meaning to drop this for a while, but this episode makes sense to do it. It's Mr. Mobile on YouTube, but he's also known as Mikhail Fisher. I believe, uh, when phones were fun, Samsung's matrix phone, this was a phone that appeared in the matrix reloaded. And I wanted this phone so bad when oh, I was younger, yeah. I don't think you could get it in Europe or if you could, it was only in select countries. I don't think you could get it in Ireland, but he opens and reviews the phone now. And, it's a functional phone. It's a bit outdated because it's from 2003. It's still a cool phone. Cool.
0: I am loot dropping an album and I would like to thank Limbiscuit for last year reawakening my love of musical albums, which eventually led to me listening to the entirety of Sewer Svlitz. We had some good times together. Don't forget that. And... Um, I actually listened to this album pretty much on repeat while I was rereading Berserk. I think like the very specific genre of music and like it kind of annoys me when people get too specific about musical genre because genres made up it's just fucking made up and but people call it like break chords a lot of heavy drums a lot of really fast beats but then like kind of layering it with like very some nearly kind of really slow ambient stuff as well and like it has this really great mix of kind of like Chaos and fun and sadness and there's a real There's a real strife to this album because this is actually Sewer Splits last album I don't know too much about their situation, but from what I've read they seem like a kind of person who really was not happy being like a social media person was not happy being online and That's the whole kind of idea of this album. It's about saying goodbye. The final 17 minute track is called Goodbye, and even the name, we had some good times together. Don't forget that. This is basically about Sewer's Flit stepping stepping away from all this stuff, and it is, it is really just, it's beautiful, sad chaos. You know, it is really the pain of this album feels so real and raw, and I think that's because it is, and it's just, it comes through so beautifully, and if, Anyone decides to go reread Berserk um, off my recommendation earlier, I think this is a really terrific thing to pair with that. So I, you know, part of the great experience that was like the last week of Berserk for me was this album and listening to the two together and fuck man, everything ends. You know, everything just comes to an end and that doesn't have to be a bad thing. Anyway, I think it's fair to say that over the last year i have done wonders with this podcast as its true leader the nameless king now and forever i have full faith in my abilities but as per usual the battle for the crown will commence what do you guys have to say
1: i can't remember a single prediction we made i think you can remember one maybe one i i can (laughs)
2: definitely remember one um And I need to confirm it. This is to like say who is in charge of the podcast, which is the next year, which is a ceremonial role. But Mm -hmm. also, you get to hang that and dangle it.
0: I don't know. I feel like ceremonial role, but I feel like since I took over, record breaking subscription numbers, record breaking listens, highest Patreon ever.
2: um, Yeah, because that number is going to go up. Like COVID, when John's in charge, I agree. (laughs)
1: And it's also like a, a look back at our video game knowledge. Have we learned anything from doing a video game podcast oh, for this no. Oh,
0: definitely not. <laughs> no, like, of I, haven't, time. I haven't added up these results, but I can tell you from looking at the answers, no, we
2: have not. Um, do you, do you, do you uh, need a pen or anything like that? Have no, you... I'm good.
0: So
1: if people don't know
0: what this is... One year ago, on this very episode, we made... A bunch of predictions about everything that was going to happen in the next year and whoever gets all these right gets crowned the king or queen of the podcast for the last year i have been king and that was after pulling off the heist of the century i suckered neve and brian in and i destroyed everything that they thought was beautiful and pure and it was the greatest
2: moment of my life john was being so mean to us was on the internet and i'm sorry And no, i
0: had to do it for the sake of the podcast you're
2: not sorry <laughs> everything
0: i do i do for this podcast remember that okay okay so we're gonna get started our first prediction from last year a version of this a new version of the switch will be announced But we had the caveat that it had to be, like, a significant step up. It had to have an increase in power or something. I don't think the Switch OLED counts as that. As
2: someone who owns a Switch OLED, I agree. Okay.
0: It doesn't really matter. Because I predicted yes. Neve, you predicted yes. Shit. Brian, you predicted yes. Where is
1: the 4K switch
2: yeah the the new switch has a, a bigger oled screen and it has a lan cable in the dock
1: let's make the same prediction
0: for next year <laughs>
2: <laughs> they you know it's selling so well they don't do shit
0: and um, so we get no points for the sake of making this simple i'm going to give us one point each for that because the way i did this it just makes more sense okay next one cd project red will rehab cyberpunk by the end of 2022 and the way we quantified this was positive articles being written en masse about how much cyberpunk has turned it around like you saw with no man's sky uh
1: no No. that absolutely did not happen the most i've ever seen was someone tweet like "Uh, are we ready to admit that it was good and people just clowned on it oh that's so funny
0: (laughs) no neve you said no Brian you said no and John buddy you said no we're two apiece okay Nintendo reveals a new IP
2: they did they did did they? Game Builder Garage. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, that's not real. It does. It's, that, shut that, up. <laughs>
2: that, that absolutely counts. It's from the same developers that did Ring Fit Adventure and Labo. It's it's <sighs> it's a Nintendo IP. None of us give a shit about it, but it counts.
0: Okay, okay.
2: Unfortunately.
0: Why do you say unfortunately, Brian?
2: I don't like that game. I don't want to play it. Because you said yes. Oh yeah, I know, but I don't play it.
0: I said yes. Neve. What did I say? you said no. Fuck. Elden Ring. Okay, so the score right now is John 3, Leave 2, Brian 3. Elden Ring gets a release date. And it did. It did. It did. It, it's out in February. Niamh, you said yes. Brian, you said yes. John also said yes. So, John four, John, four, John Rare 4, 4 3 4. Okay. Street Fighter Six gets announced. It did not. It did not.
2: (laughs) We uh, got that Logan Paul, Jake Paul looking dude. Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) John said
0: yes. (laughs) Neve said no. Brian? Yeah? Do you remember what you said? No. You said no. Meaning the current score (laughs) is four. John, four and Eve, five, Brian. <laughs> Brian has never won a prediction before. He has never won a... Because bu- i so bad at He has me. politicized his way into the crown before <laughs> through unscrupulous means. He has never taken the crown himself.
2: No, I've never studied, like, you know, the industry and calculated results, because why would I? No,
0: a lot of the time, Brian, what you do is you make predictions based on what you want. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what you said when i said this
2: last year john you want street fighter 6 so bad you want you you wished it to be real no the timing made sense (laughs) the only
0: reason i put that question in was because i was so sure sure thing buddy elon musk announces a video game venture so the way we, we quantified this is there'd be some big news in video gaming and Elon Musk's name would appear in the first paragraph of the article. Maybe he funds a video game, maybe he starts a gaming studio, maybe blah. It didn't happen. It didn't happen.
2: No, the closest thing we have is certain games like Cuphead are playable on the Tesla. But that's about it, really.
0: Neve, you said no. Okay. Brian? Yeah? You said yes. Oh my god. John said no, bringing us to five points apiece.
2: I was winning there for a second.
0: Just for a second. Damn you, Musk. E3 happens in some capacity.
1: It was a digital show, so it ha- yeah, it yeah. happened.
0: if you said yes. John said yes. Brian? Yeah. He said yes. <laughs> six, six, six the number of the beast Nintendo do anything with the mother series
1: and they didn't they didn't
0: no not a thing I think there might have been some little thing but we got we we got specific enough about it that mm. it didn't count and okay. I, I don't even think they did a big thing Brian yeah you said no yeah obviously. Eve what did I say He said no <laughs> And John said no, because I play this game with my fucking head, not my heart. (laughs) God of War Ragnarok will release this year, as in 2021. It didn't. It didn't.
2: No.
1: Was it delayed? I think it was.
2: It's delayed into 22. Yeah. A PC port of the first one just came out, I think. So
0: right now we're all tied at seven. Brian, mm-hmm. you said yes. John said yes. Neve, you said no. Yeah. Seven, eight, seven to Neve. This next one, it can all change in this next round. This is the wild card. The smash character predictions.
2: <laughs> so you get a point each, do you?
0: Point each. Okay. Neve, your predictions were Lara Croft, Dante, Jill Valentine, and Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's
1: in another fighter. Yes. <laughs> he
0: yeah. He's a popular IP. Brian. <coughs> Yours were Crash Bandicoot, <laughs> Reelaboom, Yeah. Goomba and Spyro. John's were. Sans Undertale. Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that? Just a Fortnite character? Um I can't even read my hand. Oh, Tails!
2: tails the fox yep
0: and sora <gasps> <Mother laughs> eight john john eight neve eight brian seven
2: I, I, i'm impressed i'm only a point behind you
0: halo infinite will be a massive success I, th- I think we. I think it. I, yeah. The way we said it revived. It made Halo relevant yeah, again. Yeah. That was, and like it has one hundred percent done that. I think it's done that. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Brian. Mm-hmm. You said yes. Yes. John said yes. Neve.
1: What did I say? you said yes. Good.
0: John and Neve tied at nine. Brian eight. Breath of the Wild 2 releases in 2021.
1: Oh, no, it did not. No. It did not. We just got the iconic Zelda in the whole
0: trailer. Oh, no, you don't. Brian? Yeah? You said yes.
2: Jesus.
0: John? Said yes. Neve you said no. Yes! neve 10. John, 9. Brian, 8 oh fuck okay we have four questions left
2: oh my god
0: this, this is coming down to it This is coming down to it oh I, I i am actually sweating resident evil village will be in our top three
1: and it was it was our number two Because so i remember you've changed it from five, five to, to three, three. And I remember at the time saying yes, and then afterwards being like, why did I do that? Yeah, you, you did say something <laughs> like that.
0: Neve, you said yes. Hell yeah. Brian, you said no. And I think that means you can now only tie with Neve for the championship. Okay. John said no. Meaning, with three questions left, the score is Brian eight, John
2: nine, Neve eleven. Hell yeah! Okay, so you have three questions left, John. Is that correct? Yeah. Are these three actual questions? These are. These my- are three.
0: I one hundred percent guarantee you these were asked last year. Okay, so I like look. I tried for a long time to think up some fucking stupid shenanigans <laughs> I could do to draw there Do were, not bamboozle me. Do I, not help no wink me. There's like, no bamboozlement happening. No tricking on there's me. There's no tricking at all. This is honest John. Honest fucking John. Just baring his soul. Just driving his car along life's highway. Just sprinkling dust on the fairies. Who what? knows what's happening?
2: <laughs> Those poor fairies. Three questions left. Seneb's so at 11, John's at nine, I'm at eight. Yeah. Biggest shit show prediction.
1: <sighs> okay.
2: Brian, mm-hmm.
0: you predicted CD Projekt
2: Red. Hell yeah. Nothing topped it. We'll see. Leave
0: you predicted Nintendo. <laughs> uh,
1: I felt they're due one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they are. They
2: they really need to be taken down a notch. I predicted Activision Blizzard.
1: Oh. oh. Okay, well, that's contentious because our biggest shit show went to CD I Project Red. I think the Red. spirit
0: of this was it's the company that's going to fuck up the most. Okay. I don't think. So that brings us to John 10, mm-hmm. Neve 11, Brian 8.
2: So wait.
1: We're giving it to Acti Blizzard. Okay, yeah. fine.
2: Fair enough. They, they really fucked up.
1: Lego stopped working with them.
2: Yeah. This
0: next one was interesting.
2: Nintendo will
0: release four games with over 85 on Metacritic. I went through this. They did not.
1: Okay. Oh, dear. They
0: had Metroid Dread, which was in 87. The Super Mario um, 3D it. World re-release, which was in 89. That was it.
2: That was oh. it. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else they released and kind of as a first time. Everything like... else was like mid-70s or like... Upper 70s. Yeah, like the Mario Party game. That's a 7 out of 10 game. Brian? Yeah. You said yes. Always hopeful.
0: Neve, your exact words were, of course they will, because people go easy on Nintendo. <laughs> and you said yes. Shit! I said no. Which brings the final score. To John 11, Neve 11, Brian 8.
1: We're always here.
0: Always
2: here. I kind of like the number eight. Final question.
0: Hideo Kojima releases a new IP.
1: Oh, he did not. No.
2: He did not. He's just remastering Death Stranding. Brian? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: You said yes. Neve?
1: What did I say?
0: You said yes.
1: Damn it! What did you say?
0: You know what you've always been, (laughs) Neve. Shut up. (laughs) What? All hat and no cowboy.
1: (gasps) Why would you say something so mean?
0: I said, no, which means your nameless king descends on the throne for a second year. I would like to thank my nameless, my nameless court. I will crown among you two nameless bishops in the coming days. You will help me control this kingdom, and we will bring this podcast into an even gloriouser
2: new era. That's not a word. That sucks.
1: Uh, yeah, well done, John. Thanks,
2: guys. <laughs> I'm not going to congratulate you. Uh, I think you cheated. <laughs> I think there was some uh, dishonest John in there.
0: I can promise you there was not. I but I do encourage you to go back and listen to the smugness with which you delivered some of those answers from last year. <laughs> oh,
2: I bet I was real wrong about them.
1: Okay, well, uh, next episode we'll do our predictions mm-hmm. again and we'll see where we are next year. <laughs> for,
2: the, for the first time, actually, we, we're not doing a Smash uh, DLC roster. Which yeah. we can't. So yeah, that's kind of it, a bummer, It's isn't it? done and dusted mm-hmm. now, but the last three years we've done it.
1: I guess we could do a Nickelodeon.
2: <laughs> Nickelodeon All-Stars.
1: All-Stars roster Guess.
2: i mean they already leaked garfield <laughs> not playable on a monday he shouldn't be
1: i have a request to mm. you as the podcast queen um i've been thinking if we like get rid of the loot drop noise effect for something new it's like an overwatch one i feel like it's kind of yeah we've like moved beyond it and we haven't really done anything with it
0: as your benevolent ruler I deny your request. No.
2: <laughs> she really likes Overwatch.
0: No what? Yeah <laughs> get, get used to that, Neve. Brian, do you have any requests you'd like me to reject? Uh
2: so are you looking forward to Overwatch too?
0: Yeah, go fuck yourself. How that? <laughs> Guys, thank you for joining us on the first of this twenty twenty two episodes of Let's Fight a Boss. Your nameless king thanks you, as I'm sure. Does his worthless peons
2: sure.
1: Thanks for listening, guys.
2: Thanks for nothing.
1: Happy New Year.
2: <laughs> Agenda up.